Hello and welcome to Keyframes, a podcast about anime. I'm your host, Ben Halliburton, and with me today is Andy. Sada. Duncan. Sada. And Jeff. Sada. <laughs> I can't believe you pulled that off. Well, Sada as you can mai. guess, <laughs> we are still on board with Sarazanmai. And Jeff, you picked it up too, didn't I did. you? I did. I'm caught up. I am enjoying it. This is my first Ikuhira, and I don't know what the fuck's going on, but it, it's still pretty good. That's really funny because until about episode six, I was like, this is really comprehensible and like <laughs> relatable for an Ikuhara anime. And I didn't know if I was enjoying it, but now I do. I Now that they've got the wrinkle, we're learning more about the otter cops and there's a bit more interpersonal texture rather than them just fighting a giant cop zombie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. How's everyone liking it? What's people's Ikuhara experience again to sound off and how are they feeling about it? I mean, this isn't my first Ikuhara, but it might be the first one that I'm finishing. Uh, I'm really enjoying it. Like, I I think it is getting to the point. I'm about episode four or five, I think. Um, and it, it was just getting to the point where it was feeling a bit too samey and a bit too formulaic, formulaic, which I think is very much the point of his anime. Is It's like mm-hmm. he has a very formulaic structure, but then he messes with that structure as the anime continues. Um, so I'm sort of like forgiving him for that now um i am enjoying the mentalness of it a lot still and i i haven't well i'm not as far ahead as you guys so whatever you guys will say i will just defer to but i'm really (laughs) enjoying it uh i really enjoy how the song that they sing whilst they're fighting the kappa zombie is uh always changes but yeah it's the same sort of like dumb song where they sort of like they have a they have like a weird word play and then also like there's a lot of untranslatable plans puns in this in this anime (laughs) it's really um like the grabbit is actually he says kappa zaddle or something like that which is again adding the kappa fucking pun on the end on it um well well, just like like the soba episode where like soba is like part of the word meaning to be like to be near someone and then (laughs) the two brothers the the delinquent brother and and younger brother are named like toru which means far away and the other one means close or something yeah Mm, it's yeah and there's lots of that sort of thing and (laughs) yeah i love that and then also just like i don't know like the 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 fact that even when they're like doing the song like even the way they sing it it's so well produced because like when they're being attacked by water this their song becomes a bit like that like like when they're when they're getting like hit by wind it's sort of like like you know what i mean like even the the way that they sing it is different and i think that that sort of little interplays a real joy as the series continues i'm i don't know what they're going to do i haven't got to the otter bit yet so i'm looking forward to that but i mean you've met you've met the otter cops i've met the otter cops they're also have a great like kind of like bone dance yeah yeah and every time every time they cut to the police back yeah. to the police and they're just standing on a table with, with them to like in a weird pose it just right to, to explain to people who haven't seen it it's because like at the end of their like really like complicated like hand dancing um they like one guy rips open the other guy's like shirt and like reaches into his chest and pulls out his heart and has his like beating heart so connected by arteries and veins to the guy's chest and then it like cuts to like the non-fantasy version of that and they're standing on top of a table in the middle of the police briefing room and he's just like 
holding him with his hand empty in the air, and it's funny every time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I know it's gonna come every time, and it just makes me laugh. And like the way, but the way that whole scene is, it's so fucking well done. And again, like more than translatable jokes, because you you start off and you always know when it's happening, because it's always the same shot of the empty door. Yeah. And then it's like the police department investigation bureau, and then it cuts to a picture of like a uh like the the fucking guy who is going to be the kappa zombie for this week <laughs> who are all 30 which i thought is like a like huh. a like because sarah zan my like zan can be san sometimes so three right, thirty. i see yeah yeah that makes yeah that's cool more, more untranslatable that. puns <laughs> Way. Uh, and uh and then you know they uh, the, and then it's like the a chant comes on and then they're just like they make another untranslatable joke, uh, right? Cool. They got the, like the the like festival drums, are, like deep, like boom, 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 boom. Yeah, <laughs> and they like jan 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 jan. Oh, that's yeah. great! It's oh, really that's so good. good. This, uh, yeah, this is every single Ikuhara show has like has like highly visually intricate, highly formalized, repeated sequences. Like in, I think the biggest barrier to almost to anybody getting into Revolutionary Girl Utna is. Every episode has the like three and a half minute sequence of her unlocking the door and then walking up the uh, the stairs mm-hmm. to like Zetai Unme Moki Shiraku. I actually went back to Utena today to watch an episode, and it was the uh, one with uh, Jury or Yuri or however we want to pronounce or it. Or Julie, if you're it, me. <laughs> no, it's 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 canonically Jury, but I feel like they meant they meant. Uh, julie like a one of the uh, otter cops is named rayo and i'm like is he named leo though maybe <laughs> i don't know is he named ray we don't know yeah could yeah. be either anyway you were watching the episode where, you, where she fights jury yeah and like they seem to shorten the um traditional uh sort of ascending the stairs um sequence in that just to get to the the fight sooner but yeah. they did keep they always, uh, you were talking, Andy was talking about how the the, the songs in uh, Sarazano are always slightly have the same beat and the same sort of chorus, but the words are subverted each time. And the same is true in Utena, where you still have the same sort of chant going every time there's a, a duel, but the mm-hmm. words will change slightly and they'll all have. Just... And, they're, and they're such bizarre nonsense words like death of time, beginning of time, <laughs> shellfish crowd of the sea. Mammals yeah. destroy the world. Yeah, it's like always like weird apocalyptic nonsense. <laughs> and yeah, oh no. I I love Ikuhara. And this one was just like too normal. They were like all clearly working towards wishes and they had like hang-ups because like um what's his face? The the main guy uh who dresses up as the as the idol. He sure. uh oh. Yeah, I should actually have the page pulled up. Yeah, but, uh, I, I, um, I also but, do uh, love. Whilst you do that, real quick, I, I do love that there's a there's a central like gay character theme, like ca- gay character, and just who wants to like fl- full on like have a relationship with an up with the main character, which is really mm-hmm. sweet. And then also just the the fucking like the really dumb. Uh, I love the way that you know when he's in like his dream head. Because it always ends with them all just walking up to the screen, looking directly yeah. at you, and going, "Sarazanmai." <laughs> just like, okay, this is no, I, 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 I am. It kind, of, it, it's, it's so just like feeding off of scraps, but it is really nice that like there is a non-problematic gay character in a mm-hmm. Japanese anime, yeah. yeah, and he's not sexually voracious, and he's not 
well, like a perverted from, weirdo. Apart from when he stole that kiss off of him. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, but that's just like, 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 a, like... a chaste Sleeping Beauty kiss is very different from like uh, Liron from Gurren Lagann or yeah, something. He's not <laughs> groping him yeah. or anything, thankfully. <laughs> Everyone just grimly, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, or the yeah. guy uh, from Tiger and Bunny. Or, uh, I haven't seen that. Uh, what's that? Uh, my brother's husband. Actually, no, that's a really good one. I mean, the thing, <laughs> the thing with Enter is that we we don't know what how he's going to end up because he's like in the latest episode, he's seemingly going evil. Well, is this, kind of. is this at least the main be, character? Being Enter. Being, no, this is the glasses guy. Yeah, oh, be, right. he's he's seemingly like the, the 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 ongoing thing is love versus desire. How do you tell the difference between the two? Yeah, and he seems m- maybe to be it's maybe being implicated that he cares more about his desires than actual sort of a or right because it's I think a lot of um this last episode was about whether love can be altruistic and whether if an altruistic loves for uh, your family and friends and stuff is different somehow to a uh, passionate love for one person and i think mm-hmm. i what's hard to tell at this point is if they're contrasting those two with enter's behavior or whether or not he's being um framed as someone who's uh, let himself slide into a, a just completely selfish um desire rather than love but well, yeah, I think we'll find that I out. I mean, also working on the like. Okay, so what what is the main character's name again? Koki, uh, Koki. Kazuki, Kazuki. Kazuki. Yeah, all right, Kazuki. Like, I think they're working on the you know, like Enta. You know, is jealous of Kazuki's attention that he's giving to Toru because he kind of identifies him because like you know he has his own like guilt over having like deceived his little brother and everything else, and he's sort of like, is it? And it's it's Toru, right? Who? The, the other the Toei T O O I as the, the Latinization of it. Yeah. The he you know, he we find out his dark past and Kazuka oh fuck I I gotta have these names. <laughs> Kazuki, Kazuki Inta Toei. But like like he like you know, he's you know he feels guilty and so he identifies with uh with toy uh whereas enta still is like you know he's he's trying to make nice with toy but he also you know wants to just like have his friend back and he's yeah. worried that like oh you're just like pulling him back down into the garbage that he was in before and Fig- literally and figuratively yeah <laughs> and yeah like he like he wants his old friend back whereas whereas like yeah Kazuki is sort of still holding on to like being gloomy and being like identifying with this delinquent in Toy, and I think there's that's I think that's the the tension well, that's going on there. I mean, it's interesting because the first half of the show, despite having a lot of different characters uh, seeking different things, Toei wanting to help his brother um, uh, Chikai, and uh, Enta wanting to have his friend Kazuki back, and Kazuki. Wanting a lot of stuff, honestly, but mostly <laughs> to like expiate his guilt over the fact that his younger brother is a paraplegic because of a series of unfortunate events, is I guess the way I'll put it. Yeah. But but I think what so the thesis at the end of that first arc, which culminates in episode six, when they break into the otter base and save Kazuki's brother, um, is like this idea because what we have seen, there's been a lot of like 
abstract graphical stuff. I mean, there's lots of different animation styles and non-animation styles. Like they repeated the uh, the paper craft like model thing that Andy talked about mm-hmm. the last time we mm-hmm. talked about this recently. But we have this like series of interlocking circles, and whenever they beat the Kappa zombie, the interlocking circles like convulse and squeeze together, and one pops out and just goes down a fucking trash chute, uh, basically. And so there's this thesis of like of like I think the different my guess as someone who wants to be extremely embarrassed uh, <laughs> by <laughs> theorizing about what a Ikuhara anime means before the end, mm-hmm. um, like a weird version of like Idiodom or something, I guess. But uh, is like this idea that the difference between love and desire is desire is unconnected and love is part of this like great chain of <laughs> being where everyone's connected together. Mm-hmm. And like the, I, the fact that what made, um, what made uh, Haruka, Kazuki's little brother, an object of love and not desire was the fact that he that he cared about Kazuki as part of this broader chain, this group of friends where he's like, oh, because Kazuki thought because he's adopted and has a lot of issues over mm-hmm. that, that he, yeah. in, in a non-anime setting, he'd probably, he should go to therapy. I don't know. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Because he definitely, because he's just like, oh, I'm not, I'm not actually a part of this family. I'm, I'm just on the edge of it. And if I disappeared, it would actually make the picture more complete and integrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, because they discover that everyone who turns into a Kappa zombie when they're defeated is like deleted from reality forever. Yeah. And so Kazuki wants to kill it, wants to like get deleted from reality so that his brother will have never gotten hit by a car trying to chase after him. And sorry, Andy, I'm just going to spoil the fuck no, out of this anime no, for you. That's fine. Um, I mean, it's, it's just. It's not like what actually happens is not the important part of Nikuhara no, anime. Yeah. Kind of. So, so, but like the idea that realizing that Kazuki is not on the edge, he's actually at the center and that we're all at the center of our, of these relationships and lives and emotional dynamics, I think is, that is going to be what, what differentiates Kazuki's relationship with Toei versus Kazuki's relationship with Enta, because I think Enta thinks he's at the center of this important relationship with his friend and actually he's on the fringe and that might be why he possibly turns into an evil Kappa zombie. That's my that's my like completely out there <laughs> prediction for what well, happens for the second arc. I but, fucking I fucking love how like you like as I said this before, this is the most anime ass anime ever. Like Right. Can, it's a parody of what people think anime is. <laughs> yeah. It really, all all it, it needs really, is like a lot of gratuitous female nudity and some tentacles and it would be Yeah. But even then, I think it still is what people anime think anime is because it's still pretty boys doing like, which is also another side of like that anime prejudice or whatever, like that anime presumption as to what they are. Um, and you get, you can have these interesting details and, you know, nobody really gives that much time to an anime, like like an anime on the surface like this, which does just look like you're fucking... Sailor Moon, uh, and I know he cut his cloth in Sailor Moon, but like, yeah, the, the like, two good seasons. <laughs> uh, so it's it's really interesting. I have to, I'm really enjoying it. So. Yeah. It is interesting because there's Ikuhara fans, like the reviewer. They've they've got a a third party reviewer on Anime News Network, and he like runs a like Utena analysis rewatch blog, and you can tell that he's very used to just like. What does this mean? Why is it cardboard boxes and not say crates or metal containers or something like like really just like I don't Dive know if that's actually in. a symbol, man. But again, with Ikuhara, who knows? But there's like an, there's a cottage industry of people who who obsess about every detail of an Ikuhara and they take it as this like 
this all-you-can-eat buffet of pointless bullshit symbolism, which is partially why I thought Jeff would like this anime. <laughs> but <laughs> I actually um, want to say something about that. But okay, well, we'll, c- we'll circle back to you. I mean, the um, other thing- but but the the thing is like like you can engage it that way, but you can also just engage it like I think the best part of Ikuhara is he tells good stories and then and then there's just this chrome that you can that you can partake in. And you don't have to really, like, yeah. get anything. There's going to be a meaningful ending, except for Yurikuma Arashi. Although, <laughs> is John here? Could John disagree with me on that? <laughs> but, no. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, no, he, like, I, I, it's just enjoyable to, like, watch this show that's, like, about, like, weird super anime stuff. But it's actually someone who has a very firm hand on the till and is very mm-hmm. interested in, like, telling a telling a... a good story with weird ass tools mm-hmm. and yeah like i'm i've been tra- kind of consciously trying to play against form when i'm watching this show because i've you know sort of like through osmosis have learned that ikahara loves to sort of troll his fans when they ask him for specifics yeah and... he's, he gave for utin especially he gave a different answer for what something meant every time he was asked <laughs> mm-hmm. during the first year he's doing circuits which Got people, the kind of people who make like the Eva, what do these symbolisms mean? Ano excerpts people, they got really angry at Ikuhara because, like, <laughs> he's just like, oh, Saves. the cars mean anything. Oh, the car is because I always like cars. Yeah. Oh, no, the car is a symbol of escape and freedom. Oh, no, the car is a symbol of like mechanical domination and, and imprisonment. <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever. Same, same shit of people who have been like, so what's the what's the mystery pendant doing Dark Souls? And he's like, oh, it does something amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just, he had to eat shit for that. So, <laughs> and like, the like, it almost seems like a, a form of like, like, you know, like the author is dead, but this is like you know by suicide. And at the end of the day, like I think, like he, like the the story of Sarazanme is like, like I said before, like I don't know what the book's going on, but like visually, it's like you know it's tons of like cultural references that I'm just not going to get. It's tons of language jokes that I'm just not going to get. But yeah. the core story is very solid, and the core story is like it's pretty simple. And like it's actually it's funny that we're talking about this Kokoro Connect. And kids never later because they all kind of deal with the same theme of like human bonds versus yeah. like and like you know you know is it okay to hurt each other when you love each other and blah 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 friendship and, how does it work I'm no fucking scientist yes yeah. <laughs> and and this show it's like you know all of like the weird visuals and like the ritualistic like like the bond dance and like the like the fighting the kappa zombies and all the weird visuals like it's it's there to make you feel something mm. like to like to enhance the feeling that the story gives you and so like the the specifics of you know you know what does this mean versus what does this make you feel like i think there's just like it he's more interested in the like in the latter rather than the former and he's Mm. like disappointed that people like fixate on like the deep meaning like it it isn't like it's not a, a show that primarily is supposed to exist in the front of your brain it's supposed to exist in your in your mm-hmm. chest, in your kamochis, or whatever the fuck. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's just things that leak into my daily life. Like the um, so soya is like something that you like yell during like the sort of festival thing. It's like yeah. a kind of exuberant outcry. But otter in Japanese is kauso, and so they like do kausoya. They like have like an otter chant, and then also when you meet the the leaders of the otter empire they frequently just say otter and lie interchangeably mm-hmm. like us- uso and Kauso or an Uso-so. otter lie yeah that's good yeah it's it's yeah <clears throat> there's a lot of i think it's just like i think ikuhara's philosophy if i were to get into the mind of someone that i've have an entirely tenuous parasocial relationship with <laughs> um 
like I think he just thinks anime is more fun when there's a lot of weird symbolism in it that you don't know how to interpret. Like I think I think I think his his premise for most of his anime that he's done is that an anime that you don't understand is more enjoyable than an anime you do understand. Yeah. And that may or may not be true, but in classic Zoolander fashion, I'm glad that he's out there doing it. <laughs> so uh, I, I, should, I mean, talking about, I, did we mention about the Kappa stuff, like the symbolism and stuff behind that? Because there is, we there talked is a actual, bit last episode, but so yeah, there can... is actual law behind, so, or I say law in like L O R E, uh, behind Kappa's originally being an evil spirit that will sneak up behind you and then take a ball from your ass, which used to be your soul. And that's mm-hmm. why they're evil. And then the otters are also another symbolism. I can't quite remember what it is, but it's again similar thing about like that ball that they're coveting. Uh, and then also, uh, what was the other thing? Yeah, the the whole stuff about like them injecting themselves into like the kappa zombie's ass and pulling out a ball, and then like it being very sort of like anally rich. Um, <clears throat> Uh, if it to 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 fill that out uh otters have the same like trickster character as tanuki and foxes in japanese culture Uh, they they especially like to turn into hot women and then make you drown by following them into the water yeah so they are like uh selkies i guess or something Mm. yeah which is like again the kappas come from the the water and the myth that i'm sure everybody knows is that they have a cup on their head and if you knock it over with the water that's how you get them to run away because they uh they like they that's how they use they stay hydrated actually if you look at like original like kappa drawings they're fucking terrifying creatures. yeah they're <laughs> like, really gross and they turn into just like weird little frogs <laughs> that poop and pee <laughs> you all look the at time. like the hokusai manga and there's a few in there and oh my god it's terrifying um but anyway like the, and then also like the whole anal probing stuff to grab a ball apparently did we talk about this as well i can't remember apparently he like, yeah, we talked about how how he had to like lie about like <laughs> no, there's no butt stuff in this anime. This is definitely a butt stuff free anime. And then apparently he didn't. He just they just didn't question him. They just showed yeah, yeah. him some storyboards and then he added stuff on later. And, then they ne- <laughs> and the stuff that he added on later was all the ass stuff. And then they they never bothered to check up on him again. And he was like, "Well, I've done it now. So what are you gonna do?" And like, there's a there's a great started. article on Anime News Network about like where they interview the like three head voice actors about like what do they think sarazanmai means and it's pretty funny where they're just like <laughs> i don't know because there's like when they when they extract the ball that's like you would think that they've defeated the bad guy and it's in but then they have this very long surfing scene where they like yeah. surf on the water while doing like weird hand gestures and, and then well, they... that's like sumo gestures as well isn't it like the, uh-huh. the gestures they're doing is sumo related which again oh, we... is <laughs> speaking of sumo can we quickly go to when they're stuck being kappas and yeah. like they're just like man being a kappa is great because because Ka- kazuki's had a breakdown because um he was revealed his uh, cross dressing oh, yeah. as the uh, as the idol was revealed, and so he like, but they just like do sumo wrestling, and he's like kind of having like a really ugly breakdown about how like man, never being a human again is great. I'm just going to be a kappa forever and do sumo and eat tons and tons of cucumbers and pickles. <laughs> uh, uh, so like, uh, so strange. And the sad thing is like we all shared the Crunchyroll article where like a guy had to be like. Even though there's like dude butts and dancing, this is a good anime, guys. And it's just like, oh, what is wrong with our culture where you have to be like, don't worry, this anime is no homo, even though it looks no homo. You should watch it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's Masculinity a is a trap. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, like, anyone who's... I mean, Ikuhara has a tendency in a lot of his shows to do them about relationships entirely within one sex, whether it be um, uh, male or female. Right. Like, Utna is, is powerfully gay, like mm-hmm. female, lesbian, gay. So, yeah. And, I mean, one thing we haven't covered is that the last two episodes have focused on the, the two cops, um, Ryo and Mabu? Yeah. Mabu and, no. yeah, Ryo. Yeah. And, Rayo. like, they are... They are clearly set out as a um, a gay relationship, and mm. or and how would you pick on that? How do you pick up on that? <laughs> well, they're they're very like they're, the way that they're drawn, especially in that dancing scene, is is very fucking BL inspired. Yeah, like ultra bishy, like ultra bishy. Yeah, bishy. Yeah. Like you got the the sort of like the thin but sort of triangular eyes, and then they're like. Sort of wistful looks at each other and sort of like not quite, you know. And it's very BL inspired. Yeah, they've lots got of, a very they've got a very strong semi semi uke dynamic where like you yeah, have the, the yeah, taller, totally. dark skinned, sharp toothed guy who's sexually yeah. aggressive, and then the passive, pale, shorter glasses dude. I really, mm. I really like the sharp teeth on Rio because <laughs> he's, he's just got like this smile with just these spiky teeth, and it's just great. Okay, so what? Okay, so this is me picking out the the details. Are they supposed to be human, or are they supposed to be otters? I, that's one I, thing I didn't really pick up on. I got the sense that that they are humans working for the otter empire. Okay, yeah, I, just, I just like will how the be kids wrong. Are humans working for the Kappa Empire. I imagined it was the other mm-hmm. way around, but and they okay. both again got their own reasons to work for each other. For okay. each. <clears throat> The, I mean, like the the idols. Oh, I mean, Kepi has been shown in a human form as mm. well, as has Sarah. Sarah the yeah, the, the idol. She can turn idol. into like a weird Kappa-like creature, which yeah. is. Mm-hmm. I mean, God, it's such dumb. Like the Japanese love of slapstick. I I feel like I get it, and then I watch something that I don't get, and I'm like, what is? But like when she's like slipping out of Toei trying to lock her up because the idea is that oh, she, she'd be so like funny. she'd be locked up. <laughs> yeah, and, that was real good. And he would replace replace her in this idol meetup so that he could fool his younger brother but like he keeps like locking her up and then she's just like slipped out like a dish and like it's all of her because <laughs> sarah's thing is like she adds instead of desu she's dishu which is dish yes. so yeah i do i i could imagine andy like there was just like a, a a transparent image of you in the sky laughing every time like it's like I smooth like ate a dish. that shit up every single time every single time i ate it oh it was beautiful but yeah but I loved he it. like but the thing goes on for so long like it's like eight times he like locks her up and she's like smooth like a dish <laughs> it's great anyway should we should we move on yeah I, I think we'll talk about his anime maybe more than man with the wind uh let's hope no i mean like it's only it's only 11 episodes so it's probably going to be close to done by the next time we talk about it so Man, we might put it off yeah i mean on the other hand i'm glad for ikuhara because mm-hmm. like the way that the way that penguin drum rambled on and i feel like also yurikuma had too many episodes i think mappa is a really good pairing for him in terms of the studio that executes his vision and limits it also which is mm. often not the case with him i think this is <laughs> but yeah. mappa but are mappa well known for like limiting anime series no i just and... i just think that i just think that they're seasoned professionals so they, yeah. they know like no, that maybe yeah. we shouldn't do this maybe <laughs> it's like because they... i because i won't be surprised if that if that originally the cap like him suck as a kappa was like a whole three episode arc or something dumb and stupid so yeah and it's like really well 
I would get I wouldn't say budgeted is the wrong way of putting it, but they use their resources really well. Like the fact that they've got this um, ritualistic uh, uh, sequence which happens every episode could get boring, but they threw so much production values at it that it's still very watchable, even though you've seen it sort of six or mm-hmm. seven yeah, times before. And I, mm-hmm. and I guess this is why um, you could have a <clears throat> can make some sort of very expensive looking anime from the first episode, and then slowly on you realize that actually they recycled about probably five minutes an episode if that Mm -hmm. Um, and so therefore you can get away with some really expensive looking scenes and that does slightly change which I guess doesn't cost that much Mm. which is always fun let's talk about production values more and not the next (laughs) anime which is what exactly Carol and Tuesday the (laughs) other one that like almost everyone on the podcast is watching and I'm not (laughs) yeah good for you it was a major it was a majority when John was here but John's not here i don't think or is he? <laughs> so duncan mm-hmm. i am thinking of a word to describe carolyn tuesday and wednesday. i want you to guess what it is bland yeah <laughs> uh, i was gonna i was gonna say underwhelming but yes because it's bland <laughs> <laughs> like why are we already in filler <sighs> Describe, just explain filler. What do you mean by what do you mean by filler? Sorry, like, episodes which don't advance the main plot in any way, shape, or form. They they've met their like. manager and they are looking to make their break. And then, like literally, the next four episodes are them just trying things that don't work to become famous. And they always <laughs> set them back exactly at square one, except for the most recent one. Kind of, I don't know. Uh, um, which is the most recent one? Have you watched the talent show one? Yes, I watched the talent show yeah, one. So that's that's the first like advancement of the the plot for, yeah. as you say, like three or four episodes. Like they, I sometimes filler episodes are good. Like I enjoyed the uh, video one because it was. Oh, just I hated a, the video one so much. Oh my it was, god! It was just um, weird science fiction jokes, and it was. It reminded me a bit of of an episode of Space Dandy. It's just like yeah. this this drunk robot. Um, as their video producer, and right? They bought a out- they bought a ready a ready to like a ready to go video producer robot, but it's actually like a robot that just like sneaks in and scams you and pretends to be a video producer, which is a weird thing to exist. <laughs> but it's an interesting thing. It's like uh, yeah. the idea that you've got uh, AIs and they're not like this amazingly just godlike beings like they are in most science fiction. They're just like and just like humans, they have of people who they have individuals who are just like chances uh, as well as just like the incredibly clinical ones and it's like one of the strings they're setting up for the sort of um and main antagonist is that her music is produced by algorithm and so it's good for them then to throw out well some ais are just these chaotic little dervishes who run in and and sort of cause chaos and sort of I mean I will agree I will agree with you there because I think the best part of Carol and Tuesday is the broader implication of the world that this is humanity and the process of being like completely replaced by AI that like this is going to be like a eventually a post-human society not because humans have evolved but because AI does everything that's not menial labor and it's moving in on that too but that doesn't really affect the show except in like really weird peripheral ways like they meet the the investment banker and he's like oh yeah most of my investments are handled by ai but i handle something like like a little bit myself and music production is handled by ai and apparently video production is handled by ai and so yeah 
This is sci-fi. Is this, so is this utopian sci-fi or is it dystopian sci-fi? Good question, Jeff. <laughs> I mean, I wish the, the, the series itself would ask that question, but it doesn't seem much interested in it. It it really it, it likes to tell you that like that that Alba City is kind of a shitty place to live. But it doesn't look like a shitty place to live, and like their power goes out, and then they just go out and get part-time jobs, and their power comes back on. And like there's this like implication that you can't get a job unless it is holding a sign or doing manual labor, um, unless you're like wildly qualified. But then they don't follow through with that really, and yeah, I don't think they want to worry. They don't want to worry about money in this anime, which is weird when you're you've built a world where like humanity's in being phased out as part of the workforce. Slowly. Because like, a lot of the, like the, the the fanciful things that you're talking about are things that exist right now. Like half of investment banking is done by AI, and like half of music production is done by AI. Like there's like wild shit happening with like you know they could take a snapshot now and turn it into an animated face. And, and I, can... I li- and I like the world too. I like that world. I think it's interesting. Like that that they're. I mean, in one of your favorite phrases, Jeff, they're saying the quiet part loud about what's what's like <laughs> weird and wrong with our world. But like it doesn't actually affect the characters arcs where hmm. Carol and Tuesday are still these like really sweet anodyne, whatever girls who just like make music. They're, they're in a laundromat. Um, and they just like make a song and it takes like ah, two minutes. So cringeworthy. So are we going to have a big reveal at the end of the show that one or both of them are artificial beings? No, that was just a joke that I made about how weirdly robotic they look in the AI and the AD of the, of the anime. No, they're both people. I think, I mean, unless I don't know, there there is an interesting thing. Like speaking of like them being more human, the fact that that Tuesday's got a family and that family's looking for her, but I don't think anything's going to come of that. Like not I mean, really. They had the brother's like a gonna... moment uh, with it. They had her brother find her, yeah, and then decide. Oh, she seems happy. We'll leave her to do yeah. what she wants. <laughs> yeah, that's what that, I mean. That's what I, mean. I was like. Oh, is there going to be like conflict where her parents have to like come to terms with it? And maybe in the second core, but. Yeah, they they really like diffuse it, and it's moving so. I, I can't get the pacing of this anime. It's it's because it's, it's well, it fell into filler after three episodes. So yeah. I mean, it sounds like it sounds like you're just watching an idol anime, and I'm not complaining because I love an idol anime. But like, I don't understand why. <laughs> you, it has pretensions to more, Andy. It's That's it's the it's it's supposedly one of Shinichiro Shinichiro Watanabe's like comeback anime. Like this is the Cowboy Bebop Samurai Champloo guy, and uh, it's just so lifeless. So it uh, seems. Like, I mean, there's a lot of episodes though, right? There's like 24. Yeah, mm. we are we are currently just a little under a third through the anime. Yeah, but yeah, you don't so want... he's got a lot of he's got a lot of time. Yeah, but you, you know? don't want to, on the even final in... fantasy of anime where you even have to in... go through. Even X in sorry, even in like going Lagan, there's like garbage shit where like hunting a fucking boar or they go to an onsen for no. Yeah, reason. but those like... those were fun to watch, and the filler episode is except for apparently with Duncan, the video production episode is boring. But when they're like trying to like get them a get them a live gig and like. The the manager who is disappointingly inept and buffoonish. I thought I thought he was gonna like bring his life around as he became their manager, but he's still like a drunken idiot. Um, like yeah. Duncan, you thought that he was gonna like quit alcohol, yeah, which they, I thought they, was like, a cool they, thing. They had like they had like a little thing of like, oh, he's quit alcohol. He's he's getting he's talking to his old contacts. He's he's trying to line them up with a gig. He's working hard and. Then they had like a weird scene with his ex turning up and saying, "Okay, uh, uh, 
uh, it's good to see you again, but I don't really care about you. I found a new love who happens to be a woman. And, well, she also her. she also got him like costumes and makeup hookups for their yeah. for their movie. She actually but, treated him really well as a, yeah, <laughs> as opposed of, to his as opposed to his friend who, I mean, maybe that character needs to learn how to the manager needs to learn how to like talk to people because he goes to ask a favor from his friend who's become a record executive. Or no, uh, an event like a music event executive, and like they have like a five minute conversation before he's like, "Wow, you really became a suit, didn't you?" And he's like, "Please escort this man out." <laughs> and, and he's like, "What did I say?" And it's like you called your friend a suit, called him a dick. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's insane. It's it just it's weird, and I don't it I don't have a strong sense of where it's going, which is strange because it's so formulaic. Does that sound right, Duncan? Does yeah. that make sense? What What did you think of the um, festival episode? Like that's been. I thought it was one... fine. I don't know. It, I don't know. Like that was too wacky landed... in a bit. <laughs> that landed particularly bad for me because, like, I think I've discussed before. Like, one of the things with these shows is I think you have to be so careful with the music. You either have to have just brief moments of a song so you can just hear a few chords and think, "Oh yeah, that's the kind of thing they're doing." And okay, I get the character you're trying to establish with that. Or you have to absolutely have a song which nails it and just is amazing and you you feel the way that the audience and the characters are supposed to. Instead, we've just got these like bits where we're listening to the songs of the different artists performing and they go on too long. Weirdly, a lot of the all the songs aren't Carol and Tuesday songs or covers of existing songs. Yeah, but they're bad covers. Well, yeah, that's I mean, the, all I mean, problem. this is I'm I'm probably going to eat shit for this, but like I think all the music in this in this anime is bad. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's but it's all see... it's all it's all it's all too perfect, all too twee. I don't buy that two girls who are like 16, 17, 18 at most are coming out with these like these soulful covers. What? Okay, real quick. And this is for Jordan, if she ever listens to this podcast. Uh, yeah, Jordan, you better fucking listen. <laughs> there's a there's there's the thing where w- weirdly this the very strange scene where Angela, the like rival traditional pop star, has to like do an audition in front of the the financier guy. And what it really reminded me of is who here's seen BoJack Horseman. Yep. Yeah, I love that. It show. reminded me of when Bojack's co-star in like the latest season, he like gets her an audition to sing because they think that he think like wants to believe that she like could be a singer, and it's just like a really breathy, embarrassing performance, and it's kind of heartbreaking how like you can sing all the time in your private time, and you can think that oh, I have a pretty good voice, but like actually singing for an audience or mm. for the camera is really hard and difficult, and like most people aren't cut out for it. And it was very weird to have watched that about a month ago and then to watch the episode where she auditions for the finance guy because I thought that they gave about the same performance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and and instead, after like she sings and the guy's quiet for a bit and there's like, the, oh, did you not like it? And he's like, that was amazing. You get your 12 million right here on the spot. Like, I'll, I'll gladly pay for it. And I was just like, like Duncan said, they got it. It's got to be really good or you can't show it. That's like that is the rule with with art with literature and with music in in like TV and anime like you can't yeah. unless it's unless it's truly great you should not be showing it to me because I will be like that was a B minus audition and there is no way yeah. that you would just but throw you can't, you can't 12 roll million. out all the all the top grade shit at the beginning you got to work your way up you know you don't start with an exhibition with garbage I wish they were working the way more <laughs> I mean that's not that's not necessarily true that's not necessarily true cuz I watched uh a Star is Born not uh, long ago uh, for the first time. And it was like, they obviously they've got a 
a very good uh, performer to do their songs, but they throw her in and have her do a full number uh, very early on, and they put all the and they do it in a way where it's it's not overproduced, where it's done in a, a live venue, and they get the idea of the energy and the the interaction with the crowd of the performer, and th- it makes them seem real and like new and uh, uh, unproduced. Whereas Cowl and Tuesday, every time they they sing, they don't interact with their crowd at all. They they don't really. Yeah, you were really mad when they uh, when they gave the co- like the the small music house performance, and Carol has a guitar that she doesn't play for like three quarters of the of the performance. Yeah, but yeah. guys, you're missing out. You don't don't think about the actual anime. Think about the money you can make from the anime because every <laughs> one of those songs you can turn into a single CD and those single singles will go for like 2000 yen. And that's like 20 quid and then you have what like one song an episode? Not that's if like, no fucker uh, buys it because it's crap. Yeah, but but no, then you're see, not thinking I'll, I'll... of you're not thinking of the tie-in mobile music game that they're going to make on top of that, <laughs> where you. Can... I, I don't know. This is this is just because what people know about Shinichiro Watanabe, if they know him beyond just like oh the guy who did Cowboy Bebop on Adult Swim, is that like this is a guy who like deeply integrates music into his into his anime yeah. with jazz with jazz with Cowboy Bebop and hip hop with Samurai Champloo and whatever the fuck's going on with uh, Space Dandy. Uh, yeah, and jazz again with uh, kids on the slope. Yeah, to go from kids on the slope to this is just like you. People are cool that... on kids on the slope, though. Doesn't John not like kids on the slope? I, I fucking I... love kids on the slope. That made me yeah, love that. That made me love jazz. That shit. I, I've got so much it, love for that show. It was. It was. I would second Andy. It was. It was a great show. It was. You had like a. a in, you had a strong interaction between the performances of the different people and like mm. uh, and. I think obviously it's a big part of jazz with them improvising and reacting to each other, but like that's so lacking in Cowl and Tuesday. Like yeah. the the ED where which you pointed out where they're sort of like just walking along like these zombies and their heads are just. I'm sorry for ruining that for you. It's all I can no, see no, now. No, no, no. It's always been terrible. You've just pointed out why, um, but that's like so emblematic of the whole show where they're just like these cardboard cutouts going through the motions and with this insipid tune playing in the background and it's like well yeah yes that's it yeah every it every be... every song comes out of carol and tuesday's head perfectly orchestrated flawlessly delivered and it leaves me totally cold and meanwhile the show <laughs> itself is kind of a very formulaic like oh trying trying to break it big and the only like nourishment I'm getting is from their antagonist Angela's like weird relate like the three way relationship that she's got between her her like thuggish cross dresser manager I don't know what's going on there yeah and they like formally AI research well he was he was a formerly like a neuroscientist wasn't he or yeah. something and now he's doing AI research because like there's like hints that he got like banned or something like. I, I like the darkness in this world, and there's no darkness, and it's it's whenever we're not looking at Carol on Tuesday that we get like yeah. the weird, sad like, shit. The, like the the final kick in the teeth in the most recent episode was like they they're booked in because uh, to be like the backup for this uh, sort of Rolling Stones esque uh, shock yeah. rocker who always who's always drunk and always um, just off his head, and like they're. They're told, okay, you're gonna have to go up, and even though it's not, they don't like your normal kind of music. You've just got to go up there and perform, and like the what we're, what the show so far has like, like prepared us is like they go up there and everyone's over, 
overawed by their music and uh, love them anyway. And they go up there and they start singing and they actually get bottled and stuff. And that that bit I liked it. It's like, hey, for once their their magical music isn't isn't just being magical music. They're just being treated like a, a couple of of kids making their first gig against a hostile audience. And then they go backstage and along comes this um, like diva who goes, I saw the promise in your performance, don't worry. And they're like, oh, thank you. Uh, and it's like, God damn it. Can you not yeah. like give them a, a trauma of some kind to Some failure from? that's not being scammed by a weird drunken film robot. <laughs> <laughs> so this this is a whole show that takes place in flashback, right? Because like we the show opens with them like yeah, changing the of. world like wild stallions in yeah. Which yeah, some, they, sorry, Duncan, I watched carefully, and I think that it was just like a switch between types because they don't he doesn't revise his statements now about it being the seven minutes of wonder or the miraculous seven minutes. Like there's less the hedging was in the second one, but now there's no hedging anymore for the next episode. So. I don't think there's going to be the fallibility of memory thing going on here. And I wish there was because it would make a lot of sense for the manager not to remember 100% that that they had like a really weird, hard road to becoming famous. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm watching it. It's very, very pretty. There's a lot of money behind it. I think it is generally anodyne and boring. I mean, the one good thing is like they're going to have to have some sort of conflict with the, the arc they've embarked on now where they've got a talent show where they're going to go and they can compete against other people and there's going to be a winner at the end and so Mm -hmm. hopefully at the end of this core we'll get the conclusion of that and if they and you the actually i'm not sure if it's just me ben but i would assume since we've got another core coming they don't win or maybe they win and then there's like a big pop star alien from outside the solar system that attacks (laughs) them and they have to go into space so there's dinosaur people, and they rise up, and then it's all gunbuster. They turn to a giant, giant like, bride. Yeah, with a keyboard. Giant folk singers, and then they fly to the center of the universe. And I, I hear that that Rocket Man, the Elton John uh, rock rockumentary thing. I hear that's got like an unreliable narrator in it, which is meant to make it really, really good. That is maybe... the first time I've been interested in the Rocket Man documentary, like biopic. So good for you, Andy. <laughs> I've been looking forward to it because I love Elton John. <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that that will make an interesting comparison when I go see that movie. I mean, uh, you're not watching I mean, Carol on Tuesday, so <laughs> so it's a comparison with nothing. Only because it's not easily watchable and Plex, for some odd reason, does not work in my on my current setup. So mm. um, yeah, so not the entire social reason. media debacle around Carolyn Tuesday is is like another thing entirely. Why aren't they updating the Instagram after they made a? They've made many big deals about how they have an Instagram, and you go there and it's still the the one post. I don't know. I mean, just, maybe that, maybe that's the second core. They just get they get really obsessed with their social media and. You know, uh, Celeste also had a similar, that video game Celeste also had a social media side and Instagram as well, which is quite fun. Uh, but that also died in its ass. <laughs> well, speaking of something Andy, <laughs> <laughs> you're watching uh, that's on Netflix and is going to be on Netflix. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I've been watching uh, the Lacoma uh, talk Kaoru. Uh, or Relacuma and 
Kauru. Uh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for translating that. Localizing that for us, you dumb gaijin. <laughs> thank, you, thank you, Andy. I'm glad that your years of Japanese and your uh, Japanese fiancé have helped you obtain this deep understanding of the Japanese culture and language. <laughs> Child, that was... <laughs> I was just me checking my phone. <laughs> I was like, is the character called Kawu or not? I can't remember. Um, well, but, okay, so this anime apparently induces short-term memory loss, but beyond that... So this is sort of like interesting because it's a, it's a Netflix original animation. It's done um, really beautifully in a sort of stop-motion animation um, sort of setup where like um looking at fucking wallace and gromit-esque sort of style of animation and it's done really beautifully like with uh actually i say wallace and gromit i'm thinking more kubo and the two strings because wallace and gromit's all plasticine whilst this is very much like hard set models uh and then they're clearly like they've clearly got like a different animation face so maybe they edit it in cg in post i don't know um but it basically follows this girl called kaoru uh, and she, in her small flat, which seems to be a studio apartment, um, she has three bears, uh, two bears and a yellow bird. Uh, Rilakuma, Korirakuma, which just means small Rilakuma, and ki, Kirotori, which means yellow bird. Um, now, these are really famous uh, Sanex characters. They're sort of like, if you uh, Sanex is sort of like equivalent to Sanrio. Um, I believe they might even have been an offshoot. I'm not so sure about that, but this is like Rilakkuma for them is like their flagship character, who is literally a lazy bear. And what you basically have is something akin to uh, a Gretzico, uh in a 10 minute sort of a condensed thing. But instead of a Gretzico being like super angry and like taking it out in like being like, what the fuck is wrong with the world? Why is the fuck is shit like this? you basically instead have a woman who has some shit stuff going on in her life and then she goes home to find two lazy bears and a slightly angry slightly angry bird and then goes, man, I need to relax a bit more. <laughs> and then they do nothing. Uh, it's really upsetting in a way that you have a show which has taken like 10 months to, f- like, to film this whole like 13-episode mini-series. Uh, it took 10 months to... Uh, film and then like four months I think to like properly put the final production on so it's been going on for a while and it's just kind of upsetting that even now I'm like two episodes away from the end like there's no story arc there's no progression in characters just stuff happens to her that was a bit shitty and then it kind of gets resolved or Rilakkuma think or Kori Rakuma thinks that she he finds aliens so he goes up he goes to space um and then gets abducted by aliens and it it's it's kind of upsetting cuz unlike uh unlike and a uh, fucking uh Agretico where you got actual characters developing and mm-hmm. sort of showing their sides you have no real development apart from a, a few things later on which does carry over like she buys a load of gym equipment because she fancies the mailman and then she's really poor like ridiculously poor so they have to eat like uh just like green beans and 
I do like it because right now my life's pretty stressful and it definitely is that stress relieving thing of just watching a bear do nothing and it's really cute and adorable and I love that and you know like you can level the same complaints against my favourite shows like Non Non Biori which does just that just the healing anime? it's just a healing anime but it's just such a shame because you think with like such uh such like netflix budget um you got like sanex being like pretty big and relacma being a huge thing like in their their like wheelhouse you i was kind of hoping they'd do something more but instead you just get this sort of very saccharine healing anime which is good in the fact that it makes it it works it makes me laugh when they're cute and there's a great bit where, like, the best episode so far is when Relacama does a, like, Hawaiian song. And then they get really famous for, like, ten minutes to go to Hawaii whilst she stays at home because she gets really bitter about how her, like, co-worker goes to Hawaii. <laughs> uh, and the parallels with that and Agretsuko are so apparent. It's mm-hmm. just a bit upsetting that Agretsuko has the is good yeah, <laughs> yeah has something but to say. this is this is not bad like it's it's not a terrible anime there's a lot to enjoy just in like the sheer production values and the, the way that they all look and the, how cute they are like yeah. that all works but aggressive's got something to say while this does exactly. not sound like what? it does uh, no it so doesn't is, say that is, at all really, so there's two aggressive series there's the like hundred or so little shorts where everything is very static and everything is basically just like a joke with a punchline. Whereas yeah. the the Netflix one is, you know, it's more serialized. There's more character development, which is the Relacama supposed to be more like, do you think, or which one does it relate more to? I mean, it's kind of got a bit of both. I mean, it, it's mostly the first half, but the, the second, like the, the, the ending of it is, is definitely like the, that the fact that they're going to move out of this, admittingly really shitty flat i don't understand why she's happy living there or but it's like there's episode six or seven they're now they said that they're gonna have to move out of this flat that they've been living in but it gets mold in one episode it's fucking tiny it's got like huge problems with keeping the keeping the heat in because they because the windows rattle all the time and blow open it's it's a shit flat and but and interestingly like Kaoru doesn't really seem to get, seem to mind either. He's just like, well, it's a shit flat and stuff happens and this is life. And sure, I won't meet the kid downstairs who I've like we've formed a friendship over with the bears. And um, but that's it. Like it's it's very. Do you saccharine. get do you get the sense that it's like subverting that at all? Like that it's like saying that nah. you know. Relacaba's passivity and her passivity is like a bad thing and that she should be more mad about her shitty flat and it, it leading up to them leaving that shitty flat kind of sounds like it or is weird it just thing, like a like at the end of the series it's just like oh we're going now because that's today's joke the weird thing is the weird thing is is that the pass- passivity of Relacama is is sort of the solution to a lot of her problems like the first problem she goes to like the matsu the hanamatsuri viewing the sort of sakura viewing that she goes to with all her friends every year and then it turns out her friends have all got like important jobs or families or new boyfriends and they can't go and so she's just left there alone Uh, and then she's sort of frustrated about her sort of like how she is stuck in a rut and then she goes home, and the and Relacum is just like, yeah, she who doesn't speak by the way, he doesn't talk, he's just there to be cute, 
and doesn't say he like makes noises but he doesn't say anything and then the the sort of ending of that was hey you know sometimes you're stuck in a rut guy don't worry about it it'll be fine you'll get out of it somehow and you're just like <laughs> i mean it's interesting because you don't usually get that as a sort of like thesis to go by which is just like relax uh but you know it's a very, it's a very uh dude from big lebowski-esque sort of <laughs> yeah because <laughs> i was looking i was looking up sanex which has no association with sanrio except that um uh, apparently they were they were originally like xxx and then someone someone talked to them about that i guess <laughs> uh, it's not it's another sand x which is the same thing basically but they um the uh head designer and the creator of tara panda the lazy uh panda said that it's not about being cute it's about uh being something different relaxed powerless so i think like relaxed and powerless does sound like what you've described a bit it's interesting yeah. that the, the way I, indeed he describes it immediately reminds me of um, uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Like you have mm. this um, uh, salary woman who's like stuck in a bit of a rut, and like the big thing which sounds like it's missing is like any sort of um, character development between her and her 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 new lodgers. Like because Dragon Maids. Yeah. Very but, much had Toru and Kobayashi pushing each other to develop and get out of their perspective ruts, whereas, as you, you, you seem to say, the bear's quite happy to do whatever the bear does, and she's she, just, he just leaves is, her to do what she does. This is the thing. There's there's no, like, there's no um, callback to, like, how they came about. Like, the show started, and they're already living together, and and there's no sort of, like tension or no reasoning why they're living together they're just together and so part of me wants to be like this is either going to really be clever at the end and it's going to be a sort of um sort of like a throwback about her family and actually this is just sort of like a visual metaphor for her family that she's not too engaged with or too attached with but no it doesn't do any of that um, the only confusing thing is to what the fuck Relacoma is, because Relacoma, who is a bear, has a zip on the back of his head, on the back of his, like, on his back, that comes undone. And then I'm like, so what the fuck are you? Because he takes off the bottom part, but you don't see what's underneath it, because it's underneath a futon. And then also there's another episode where they're fat, <laughs> and then they she he can't do up the zip, but you see, like some sort of like pattern like a, a polka dot blue pattern and i'm like what the fuck are you halakama this is the only thing that's really bothering me right now because i just thought you were a cute bear but i've never seen the back the back of you in any of the product on any promotional things until now and you have a zip there but Kodidakuma does not have a zip so what the fuck's going on it's bizarre <laughs> and i know it's one of those things where i'm like you should probably stop thinking about this Andy. it's just a cute thing but yeah you know, according, according to wikipedia there's a zipper on the back because the designer thought that a zipper look made it look cuter <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm gonna get into hegelian dialectics right now so stop me now if you want to but so so like a lot of anime started off like you know it was you know post-war you know reconstruction everything is like you know this is great and then you get into sort of like the you know the instrumentality like actually anime is bad for you stuff is is relacoma like a postmodern anime where it's just like it's just kind of given up on being mad at how bad things are and it's just kind of like everything is absurd just chill out <laughs> is that is that I what guess. this is 
I mean, I mean, Jeff, if you've never seen a healing anime before... Oh, uh, I've seen tons of healing anime. <laughs> I guess. Why He's not? fully healed. Sure. It, yeah. it's, but like, it's, but I've, it, but from the sound of it, it sounds like it's it's because like usually a healing anime is very idealized, and yeah. Whereas this sounds like it is, you know, a, a kind of like grim reality, but somebody in the midst of this grim reality just kind of like going along with it and not like bucking back at it, like like an Agresco might. Yeah, exactly. It, it's sort of accepting that things might come. It's a very like. I don't know, like Rastafarian-esque attitude of just like what happens, happens, man. But we can roll, right? Uh, island, island time. Yeah, island time, and it it does feel very, like, very much that. I, it, which is an interesting, like, it's an interesting philosophy for an anime to be based off. But then also kind of a boring philosophy because every episode ends the same, which is like shit happens blood whatever like let's go 420 like it's just i don't i don't know what it's trying to tell me like it's it's just trying to tell me to relax which you know i guess for a lot of people is necessary uh because i think maybe with a lot of stressful times and stressful workplaces you do need a bear to tell you that everything is as it is all is right right with the world it'll probably work out yeah (laughs) yeah it will probably work out um but I don't know. It, I'm enjoying it because it's healing and it's cute, but it's just a bit upsetting that, especially coming off like a Gretzko, which is this but better, like you, that is not trying to. And you know, it might pull the rug under my feet in the last two episodes, but from the like images, like the preview images, it's really not. It's just going to be them moving out, and it's like they're not even they're not even protesting the fact that they're moving out. There, there's no question. She's just like. Yeah, no, well, you know, it happens. Like, this is a bit of a shit dive, and oh well. Uh, and so it's bizarre. Anyway, I don't, I'm surprised we got this much out of a show that is. You had, you um, had complex feelings. Don't show, <laughs> sell yourself short there. Uh, I enjoy it. I would recommend it if you're just wanting something cute and well, sweet. Yeah, it is short, apparently, right? It's, it's like. It's very short. Every episode's 10 minutes. Um, and like I said, you can enjoy, spend a lot of, enjoy, like, a lot of time just enjoying the sheer production out of it. Because uh, it does right. look incredible. It has like, like it has like the deep focus and the like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks mm-hmm. good. Yeah, it's very nice, very very nice looking. Uh, and like I said, it took ten months I think to film in total. Which no. is some, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of complex feelings, Duncan, <laughs> do you want to talk a little bit about fruits basket, Furuba? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like we briefly touched on this before in that i was very hesitant to watch this series because the original has some distinctly black marks against it uh, uh, in terms of it's the attitude of its um characters to the uh, main uh, protagonist in the latter parts I, well actually that's the, one of the things I'll have to discuss with you which that. Is, which is interesting because, you know, the people who do really love that f- show, like, and I've got a lot of friends who adore Fruits Basket unapologetically. Like, they they never bring that stuff up. Like, I never knew any of that shit until, like, Ben brought it up on the last episode. Yeah. Okay, to go through that real quick. So, Fruits Basket is an anime where a girl who's kind of just, like, got a not great life is adopted uh, by... Fuck, of course I had to burp when I... (laughs) Where a girl with a not great life gets adopted by a household 
of mostly men. There's a few women, but it's mostly dudes who all live together. And their dark secret is that when they are hugged by the opposite sex, they turn into animals of the Zodiac. (laughs) Um, And that's really it. It's about it's the reason, Andy, that I think a lot of people really liked Fruits Basket. And this was informed to me by I can't remember why. I'll try to find a link to put in the show notes. But if I can't, who cares? Is that it's the first reverse harem ever to make it to the U.S. So uh, okay, girls yeah. who want who want to see like a lot of hot guys competing um, for a girl, and there is, you know, Otome Games exists. Is there's a large market for these, but for a while um, there was the impression, of course, that women don't watch anime, and therefore there's no reason just having like an anime packed to the brim with dicks and like and bishi boys. So, so yeah, so she. Uh, she it's got the standard harem rule where the first guy she meets is the one who she'll end up with but she meets a lot of other guys including a couple of extremely traumatized and abusive characters who are kind of there to provide the old spice that is is this guy going to beat the shit out of me if he catch if he gets alone with me or is he going to kiss me and that was something that when i watched the original fruits basket which i believe is 2000 or 2001 i can be corrected on that I watched it back in early summer 2016 uh, when I was in a long distance relationship and just wanted like some some f- fucking romance straight to my veins. And mm-hmm. I did not get that. And that's also probably why I don't like it very much <laughs> um, because it's so- not a very romantic show. It's a show about how Toru has all these options and she thinks she's very boring and she i think she's been abandoned a lot in life duncan you can say yes so, or no yeah um but she's, yeah she's scared she's of a few of them because she's, she's afraid they're gonna like bounce her off the walls and that was not my jam and so, it spoiled the movie the show for did, me so did that because i've watched the original as well but uh, it probably or as you say it was the 2001 i probably watched it like back in could have been the late 2008 2009 like i watched it a long long time ago good 10 years ago and mm-hmm. so i have extremely vague memories of it so since you have the more recent one uh can you tell me is the um behavior from the bad behavior from the boys uh is that something which manifests early on in the no original? i think you talked about this i think it's episode 13 and episode like yeah, so won't, won't early early 20s because one because she has she meets these characters and like there's there's a bunch of very nice boys, um, but <laughs> they're lovely. <laughs> but then we uh, we get to we meet um, the like the one who's the theoretical patriarch. I think. Yeah, I'm trying uh, to remember who that is. We've been introduced to Akito. I think that's like the. I think he's the Snake Zodiac. Um, and he's as you say, he's like the head of the clan. The um and he does he we have seen violence from him towards another member of the extended um soma family which is the the zodiac clan um and so yeah we've seen violence from him to another uh, member of his family but not towards um uh yeah there's just there's a stretch in the in the second core starting at the end of the first core and going through the second core and then culminating in the early 20s in the original anime where um toru meets akito and and then uh yeah and then like yuki the, the her main love interest basically right yuki yeah um, yuki's like the uh childhood forgotten love yeah 
Um, but like, but like he like is really freaked out that like Akito is going to kill her if they get alone. And there's like a little bit of other like domestic violence from another character. I can't remember what, but like it, yeah, it gets really weird. And apparently there's also like another character that like wants to commit suicide. Uh, the monkey one, Ritsu, the cross-dressing one. Oh, also Akito's a woman in the manga. I don't think it comes, it comes out like it, he's revealed to be to be biologically female to be assigned female at birth so there's like a lot of weird gender politics and they're just like some people obviously with the success of 50 shades of gray some people think it's really hot being afraid that someone you're interested in romantically or someone close to someone you're interested in romantically might kill you but it just it completely <laughs> soured me on the anime and i found it kind of boring otherwise but you're not you're finding i mean i should I stop know, talking over like, you as 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 you say, like I remember very little of the original, in that it pretty much it was at a time where I was trying to like branch out in terms of my anime taste, watching shows from outside what my normal palette would be. And right, this is when you watch. This is when you watch Utena too, right? Yeah, and I I bounced off both shows. Um, and I've c- come back to Utena and been a lot more uh, clued into what it's doing. And, <laughs> uh, but with this show, it's come back back, and I'm seeing it more in the sort of I've seen it's like I was my first reaction was was like watching the show was like oh wow so that's where that uh, trope in um, Owen High School comes from it's, it's like, yeah. <laughs> like I, I've watched the parody before I've watched the original and that was a, that was a strange realization but I think the the thing is like so far um, the, the performances the have been decent and yeah. the um the central thing they've set up is that um, Toru herself is quite um, emotionally damaged in terms of her um, being unable to open up about anything but being happy. Like she, she has to put on. She's like the ultimate putting a brave face on it girl. Like she has to be right. I forgot. I forgot that she like lives in a tent in the woods at the start of the anime. I completely forgotten that detail where she's homeless. Right. That was actually a good little thing where she, like they discover and her, it's discovered by like the uh, the older uncle and uh, the main love interest Yuki and and Yuki's like, "Are you okay?" And the uncle's just like, ah, "You're living in a tent. <laughs> it's hilarious." And she's just like, "Oh, I don't know what to do." But yeah, she's she's set out as like this ever cheery, ever clueless girl, but. Her actual backstory is like both parents have died. Her father died early. Her mother died in an accident after raising her alone. And that's that's in the recent past. That's like in the past like year or so. And like she's got these these tra- traumas, both recent and uh, historic. And she clearly doesn't know entirely how to um, let her defenses down and be. Um, unhappy around people uh, uh, to actually put a face out there which isn't just this incredibly cheery oh everything's water off a duck's back to me girl and initially at least it's it's nice that they put we have a situation where she's been put in a uh, this household where you have two very standoffish uh, teen- other teenagers who also don't know how to um express themselves but in their case it's the opposite they are uh, very much 
um, either in one case too restrained with his emotions or in the other case too um, quick to anger and to um, judgment. Mm -hmm. And like she's, they're coming at it from opposites things like they're helping her to feel safe to being safe enough to be sad around someone to be to show um that she's upset and uh lonely or um afraid and they're being given opportunities to show that they do care about other people that it's mm-hmm. um and like most of their antagonism seems to be at each other currently rather than any sort of uh, clear romantic rivalry well a lot of it but, is because because they have the personalities of the zodiac animals too and there are like natural enemies among the chinese zodiac and yeah they all hate each other based on on how their personalities are and what like the natural enemy of the rat is the dragon so on and so forth but mm-hmm. i don't know what's the natural so enemy far... of the dragon eh, i can look it up <laughs> Go on, Duncan. (laughs) I don't know. So far, it's just been people opening up to each other and, like, just being this attempt to be genuine and to not be guarded. And, like, that's, like, a very, like, a personal sort of, like, what growing up means to me is, like, learning not to just, like be so concerned about how you project yourself like that's like a very difficult thing most people go through and i think like it captures that quite well in that it shows people learning to let their guard down and yeah certain, it's, it's just think that single, every single anime is about that because <laughs> <laughs> every single anime we're watching this week yeah it might be um but i just think that, that's that because... old absolute terror field a lot of, but I think that's just because a lot of Japan's culture is very much sort of like the face that they want you to put on whilst you're in public, as opposed to the feelings that you're actually feeling. Um, that sort of like two-faced attitude is very prevalent in Japanese culture, and so I have a feeling that that's what they're trying to say. But then also, that's sort of like the the dream. That's sort of like the fucking thing that they ideal idealize, but then they never get there because culture. Culture mm. doesn't change overnight and by one fucking media. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there's a very distinct public-private sort of thing. And the idea that this family looks fine, but actually they're suffering from this kind of, like, life-destroying curse, right? And they've had it for yeah. for decades or centuries even, I think, right? I don't... Yeah, I'm the, showing that I don't remember a lot of this anime it's either. Like, um, the, they had a recent episode where one member of the family who's a doctor... Uh, fell in love then his uh, asked then wanted to get married to his fiance but he was attacked by uh, akito and the trauma of seeing those two fight um, made her guilty about him his his fiance feel guilty about his um uh being blinded by akito and that in turn lends leads to her being uh like so traumatized that that he has to like wipe her memory, which is like that one of their little conceits is that they have some, the family have some method of um, wiping someone's memory, and like that's the that's the sort of threat she's held uh, over Toru, who that if she spills their secrets, her her 
her memory will be wiped. And like they always talk about how there was some incident in Yuki's childhood, which uh, where he where he did something which caused the uh, lots of people to have to have their uh, memories wiped and he feels guilty about that, that and like this idea like that you can't show affection normally to someone by just hugging them and I think there's an interesting thing in choosing that in that that it's like an embrace is always like a very uh very natural thing to do and it's also it's not the most intimate thing someone can do but it's not the but it's it's sort of like a it's like casual intimacy, mm-hmm. almost like putting your arm around someone, giving them, giving them a pat on the back, pat on the back, pat on the back, and giving them a hug, saying "Cheer up, mate." And but that's like a very, they... that's a very sorry, that's a very Western thing. I know, in but Japan, Japan, like <clears throat> I gave my, I gave a hug to my Japanese friend, and he did not know how to react to that. <laughs> like, uh, like, huh? Oh no, you, you were, the, you were like the big American friend who's yeah. like, hello. <laughs> I love a Japan. <laughs> <laughs> then his towel fell off, and he had a huge dork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, oh, cool! A samurai sword. Um, <laughs> I love samurai. <laughs> oh, it's a ninja, Hattori Hanzo. <laughs> anyway, we're fucking diverge. Yeah, like, let's go ahead like... and take this sign to take a break, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm could... just gonna say, just gonna say that, like, you know, like. In in that culture, you do not hug people unless they're family. Yeah. Like in public, you never hug. And even though I was a bit drunk and hugged him, and he hugged me back, but that's because <laughs> we were very close friends, and he understood the. You know, he lived in England, and he understood that hugging in there over here seems a lot is a lot less chaste. Okay, that's uh, interesting. Yeah, so because when when someone told me the fucking story, I was like, "What?" And I was talking turning the animals all the fucking time. Uh, but like, I don't think that's so much the case in, uh, again, Japanese culture, which probably didn't translate very well when it first came out over here, but it was hot boys. They didn't give a fuck. Yeah, it was It was just like, hey, do you want a, a man buffet? Uh, sure. It's it's about a girl who like lives in the forest and is afraid of getting her, getting beaten up by some of the members of the man buffet, but dig in that's so so much reverse harlem trope though that is always there's always one otome road game like that my friends are playing and they're just like oh yeah but then this one they just lock you up uh, (laughs) in a set in in a cage and i think we talked about that there is always there is always one guy in in otome games who like just wants to like lock you in a cage yeah or like make you a pet yeah drug you and sort of do weird shit to your body. It's fucking bizarre. In this case, though, it's kind of weird because all she has to do if someone actually attacks her is just hug them and then they're a small animal and she wins. Unless, so, they're, a, <laughs> unless they're the tiger or something. Yeah, or also a dragon. The, 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 <laughs> I don't... Is there actually a dragon or... or I, I don't know. Maybe... By the way, dragons yeah, hit other dragons, Andy, if to answer your question. Uh, there you go. <laughs> oh, of course. Stupid me. But yeah, if I get a, a full core out of this without it... it being too problematic, I'll settle for that, and then then I can just abandon it. Is it gonna? Is core. it? They have a. There's a lot of material in the manga. I'm. Su- if they only did one core, that would be surprising. Mm. No, but I just mean it, it, I'll. I'll be happy. Right. Okay. I, you personally. Get, yeah. I'll be uh, happy oh, if they oh, just get, get to the end of this. We don't do, know how long do, it's going to run, so yeah. Hmm. Do you have a feeling that it's actually going to tackle these sort of more problematic issues, or is it just? I. I have a feeling that they're I mean, just going to keep it in. As, as I say, they like. they have. Sh- 
shown Akito uh, showing violence towards another member of his family. So they they are setting him up as someone who has these potentially violent uh, moments in him or her, depending on which one they decide to go with. Um, I would like I would like the unstable, violent character not to secretly be a woman in drag, but whatever. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we'll find out soon enough whether or not, because um, as you say, like if it, if at the end of the like something that they've last episode was the New Year's banquet, which um, obviously would be a big thing for a family based around the zodiac, and which um, Tarob, uh ooh, said, "Oh, okay, you guys go off to that. I'll spend uh, New Year's alone." But um, ended up two of them rushing back to um, sort of keep her company because they knew she would be uh, she was putting on the front and that she actually would be lonely. And this time of year, which is about family, would remind her of her her dead mum and her the fact that she doesn't have any family and like this idea of them going back and being at, feeling more at home with her than they do with their sort of real family slash clan was just quite sweet but in terms that that may set it up for the head of the family being angry at her for causing them not to attend so we'll see in the next couple of episodes i think cool good all right let's take a break and then talk about our spotlight when we come back And we're back. For the second half of our podcast, we'll be covering our spotlight anime, the 2016 anime Kiznaver, that was written by Okada Mari and directed by Kobayashi Hiroshi. John pitched this, but John's not here, is he? Oh, is so, he? John is here, inside all of our hearts. If you can hear uh, us, John, give us a sign. Yeah. It's, Wait, if only we were friends, John, we could be closer. I can see John in my scar. What's he saying? I think I can feel John's pain at just how tenuous this link is. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, this is this is weak. Um, so this is an anime about seven different teen kids who all get an implant that makes them feel each other's pain and ultimately each other's emotions, and things happen because of that. Yeah. So yeah, that's about right. I picked this because I am. I'm not a Trigger fan, actually. I think that Trigger is overrated, but I do think that they often, that they are a good source for interesting failures, and I'm not spoiling my opinions about this anime with that statement, but... <laughs> I think I think that's the general consensus now of Trigger, right? They, I don't know. It's hard to tell the meme of like, oh, they, they saved anime, but I know we referenced that too much. So yeah, this is 12 episodes, aired in 2016. Um, John loved it and pitched it because 
I mean, I can tell why he pitched it. It's got a handsome beefcake delinquent boy and an, uh, <laughs> a quiet, emotionless, uh, like, wimpy boy. Um, and there's... Huge like not, not quite as much as Sarazanma, but there's a little bit of, like, homoeroticism floating around with the, all the talk of emotional intimacy. So, yeah, I mean... I like this anime, but I have a ton of problems with it. And somewhat simplistically, I'm probably going to blame those problems on Mary Okada, who wrote the script uh, and did the series composition. Um, but I want to hear from other people first who had a strong reaction to this anime. Uh, I this is I I really liked it. I I I I like I hadn't really because you had sort of mentioned you know like, oh this is like you know this other kind of thing but if it was dumb and bad and <laughs> so this is like this was my my like first you know you know I, I i watched this first before i watched the other things and i am despite myself a trigger fan like i like they're just like dumb garbage that they throw on the screen while they sort of halfway do a story. And cause I just have like that stupid broken brain where it's like, I will just fill in the <laughs> blanks that they believe. And I just, that's just how I have fun. That's just, you know, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it re- me, leads me down a blind alley and leads me to bitter disappointment, but I did not experience that with the show. Yeah. I mean, I watched this originally when I, I actually felt when it started airing, I watched a, five episodes before i forgot that it continued airing um which so it must not have left that big a mark and i was always intending to go back to it so i'm glad that i did um but again i just feel like my main my main takeaway problem was it was that it was dealing with i think stuff that has been done before and, and maybe a bit better and, and maybe a bit less um painfully obvious a metaphor melodramatic uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and if it wasn't for trigger i wouldn't have given it um the time of day the marie okada sort of uh link i didn't even know existed and i didn't even know oh i don't really care that she does stuff i would just watch stuff and then if it happens to be her then i'll be like okay that's good there's an author there's a director that's female and that's cool like well she I didn't direct don't... this her first direction was maquia Although I think right. she's going to be directing a lot more now. Right. Okay. Well, I mean, the fact I I didn't hate this, and I watched it, and I watched it when I rewatched it, I was like, man, they spend three episodes introducing all the fucking characters. What are they going to do with the rest of the quarter, three quarters of the show? <laughs> and then, and then I just feel like, well, they they sort of just do a basic generic sort of like friendship arc and i don't think it really goes anywhere it was quite interesting to see some of the uh unfailed like the failed love interests sort of go nowhere but apart from that i don't think it was that interesting yeah i well i was going to hold off like my mario kata rant because i because despite what i will say listeners over the next 20 you, 30 minutes i did i did like women. this i know i liked i liked this anime <laughs> a lot I think that it it's kind of brain dead in terms of its themes. The theme is largely like, man, having friends is tough, but it's worth it, huh? <laughs> and like, yeah. like Andy implied, like the trauma aspect has been done better with Danganronpa. The body switch pain sharing thing has been done better with Kokoro Connect, which I'm sure we'll be talking about. And I wish I'd had time to rewatch that as opposed to working off of... <laughs> 
five-year-old <laughs> memories of it. Uh, but... I, also, I also got strong Ava vibes. I don't know about you. Yeah, there's sort of... definitely... I, I actually have in my notes, uh, Sanazaki is Gendo Akari. <laughs> I, had, I had in my notes, Hedgehog's Dilemma, the anime. But... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's every anime. We've already discovered this. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I... So, Mario Kata... Um, I was when I, I knew that from the beginning this was a Mario Kata and I was worried that I was going to poise me against it and I was surprised like oh it's about like these different people making friends with themselves which is why it was shocking near the end where they had the discovery where like oh we're all friends and I was like yes you've been friends from like one of you <laughs> one of you's known the other since childhood and like makes meals and like looks after him like y'all are friends but that's Mario Kata like so I was worried that was going to be poisoned against her because of that but i was really enjoying it i found it was like really subtle and restrained and then episode nine rolled around and everyone is rolling on the ground (laughs) crying and saying it hurts um and then they don't talk to each other for like a whole episode and i was like oh it's a mario kata script (laughs) and then the rest of the anime was a very mario kata anime because mario kata has in my experience two themes um and one way that she presents them the first theme is the centrality of feelings and emotions, especially pain and sadness to the human experience. She likes characters that no longer feel pain or fear through trauma or magic mm. or science magic or whatever. And therefore, they're less human or to be cutesy, like less humane because of it. And the other theme is the mysterious, ineffable transcendent power of human relationships in general and friendship in particular and like the difficulty of intimacy especially we don't know how to be intimate with someone like you can't there's no like slam dunk way to make someone want to be your friend or want to be close to you um and we don't know why people start being our friends or stop being our friends a hundred percent um that underpins the interaction of characters that are often extremely lonely and isolated who want to be closer but have no idea how and on their own, those are both really good themes, but together they always play out in multiple scenes where characters are screaming through tears at each other that they're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> and then later they're friends because the script says they're friends. Well, because they went through that scene of them tearing up saying that we're not friends. <laughs> yeah. And I think Kisnaver is why I like Kisnaver is because it resists that dynamic and actually the question of one of the characters, uh, uh, Mega Neko Girl, who's she? Um, Maki. Yeah, Maki. Maki's arc is actually a lot more nuanced than than Mario Kata usually writes, where she like has legit trauma and she re- experiences legitimate resolution. And so I was like, oh well, maybe maybe this is the one where she figures it out. But then again, like literally two episodes later, we have them crawling on the ground and crying. And then the <laughs> ending plays laughably to type where, where Katsuhira, the emotionless protagonist is yelling at Nori-chan, the girl who's stealing everyone's emotions about like, you don't need to steal people's emotions. You can just be friends with them. And she's like, friends, what's that? <laughs> <laughs> and then understand. we have a happy ending. So that was the frustration where I think I probably set myself up to, like it less in the end because I thought it was going to be playing against type for Mario Kata and ended up as a very, very typical script um, for her. And I think what I was won over by is the individual characterization of all seven characters, especially the one that I like cringed painfully when it appeared the, the masochist who loves the kids neighbor system, which shares pain between them because he, he likes to get hurt, mm-hmm. but he actually ended up being a very imp- imp- 
empathetic and patient character and same with like the the wacky genki girl who believes in fairies who actually ended up being like the most yeah. emo- emotionally real person in the show <laughs> nico uh, yeah. nico i was like oh no another nico to put in the trash but actually she's yeah take her out of the trash and put it back <laughs> thank you thank you for laughing at that andy <laughs> <laughs> um i i really liked i really i mean the episode thing like the episode that really hit home for me was the maki episode where she talks about her relationship with um sort of like the character that died and again it like it felt so fucking cliche like oh you didn't read the final chapter that she wrote which is about you no about i love that she... that was good andy don't say it. don't do this to me <laughs> no i mean i'm not gonna lie it, it got me it, it got me on an emotional level it but again it's something that you've we've seen before <laughs> and it's like you can look and it it just but it just plays out the same shit as opposed to you mentioned bojack horseman earlier the best episode <laughs> of season one was when he goes to the cancer patient best friend and he's just like you want me to apologize so you can get some fucking like clearance and happiness and you can live a happy life i'm not gonna fucking give it to you because you don't fucking deserve it yeah you piece of shit and that was the strongest fucking best episode where i was like okay Bojack Horseman's actually about something more interesting than what a fucking horseman who's a bit depressed. And I mean, sure, I wasn't expecting anything. A bit depressed is understating it, but yes, go on. (laughs) Um, Sure, I'm dramatically like (laughs) paraphrasing an incredibly complex series. Well, no, I'm just saying, like, like dude has to like measure off fifths of his vodka so he doesn't drink all of it in one day. But but, yeah, it's like it's. It was like it was sort of just the same like anime ending that I was always that you always get in this sort of scenario, and it was good. It worked. It made it an emotional impact. But it, a dying a character that's dead telling a sick person that she secretly loves her will always leave an emotional scar. Um, well, I think I think they set up because I think they sell pretty convincingly because they ha- because they do a flashback when they find when you sky- finally discover about Lulu, one half of Charles de Mocking. There, <laughs> the uh, Maki's, yeah, Maki's uh, two-person manga writing team with this girl who's got a lethal kidney disease that will kill her in like a year or so. Um, is that she? Lulu makes a pass at her, um, and then they keep hanging out, but there's obviously something broken. And then Lulu tells her about how, or Ruru, I don't know, um, tells her about how like. Well, she's like, well, how would you end it? And she's like, oh, well, I'd say like you can never forget about me. I'll curse you so that you can't ever love or be close to anyone. You'll only think about me for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. then they never talk again. And Maki thinks for like the next <laughs> several years that like her friend died hating her. And I think they sell it to us that like we think that yeah. that's the ending. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I bought it. I bought it, Duncan. I, I, we're not. I, we're not as savvy as you. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was thinking that. Like it was, it was one of those things in which I knew that wasn't ever going to be the case. But also, it's again one of those fucking weird anime things where I'm just like, "What do you mean you never spoke to her since like you had us falling out and then you she died? Like you never had a conversation? Like I don't understand these sort of like anime relationships where people yeah. just mm-hmm. don't have conversations or there, pass each there, other in a fucking hall." And there is like, a thing in anime where it's where it's like where like 
it's better not to be your friend and then I won't be hurt. And the person's clearly like horribly tortured and they're like, <laughs> no, it's better this way. We're I'm, not going to really be friends. Happy. I can't just have like, instead of just yeah. like And this, that is not just a sin of the show. <laughs> no, true. But that is a sin what? of every anime ever yeah. made who has two <laughs> characters in it. But you know what? <laughs> calling, calling back to another show that we watched, um, the flower anime, which annoyingly escaped my head. Um, is this a is this a come on? Of, no, of no, no, evil? no, 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 flowers no, 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 flowers of evil. No, no, the <laughs> the romance one that I pitched. Uh, fuck, I've forgotten it. Um, but <laughs> you know the one with the the ghost and oh the, oh uh, yeah, Natsuki Rendezvous. Natsuki Rendezvous, like that was very much about like with like. Why I've does got flowers two... come to your head and not ghosts? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid selfish she, ghosts. She owns. She owns a flower shop. Uh, the flowers like, matter not at all in the plot. <laughs> that that show is very much about sort of like loving what you had and sort of remembering the love that you needed to have or that you should have had. And Fair. Like that. That sort of stuff. I feel. Um, was a lot more emotional and hit home a lot more than Kiznaiva. So it's interesting that that yeah. you can have that. I mean, it, it it worked it worked for me because I think that it was that that relationship felt like an echo of Maki and quietly switching to the character list. Um, <laughs> Yeah, that's a good I don't idea. know. I, it's interesting it's just, honestly, because I finished this anime two weeks ago, so I don't remember anybody. Um, yeah, Yuta, like I like I liked the dynamic between Yuta and Maki especially because mm. I think it was. Usually, like, hey, girl, hang out with me. And she's like, no, I'm not interested in you. And he's like, oh, why not? I'm pretty cool. But, like, he's actually got, like, trauma from his weight. And he, like, seems to be actually kind of a realer guy than we think. Because mm-hmm. when when they're at the beach and she's and they're like, what can we do to make you happy? And she's like, y'all run to the ocean and just go in the ocean. And everyone's like, huh, oh, well. And then Maki, like, races past – I mean, not Maki, uh, Yuta races past them and goes in the mm-hmm. ocean. And he's, like, he's like been, like, a cool playboy up until that point. There is, like – there are moments of really real emotion. That's what that's what Mario Kata does really well. Is she is she's very good at writing vulnerable characters. It's just there's at some point where the vulnerability reaches a critical mass, and then we have everyone lying on the ground saying "itai" over and over. Okay, and so this, like... this is where I want to jump in because what <laughs> what I reacted to the show because like you know you're saying that you know Mario Kata's oeuvre is like creating scenarios where people end up lying on the ground yelling itai itai and the oh and we're not friends and we're not friends don't forget yeah. that yeah I and what i what i really liked about this show and i think like maybe it's a happy accident maybe it isn't is about how these people sort of like you know they're they're brought together by this mysterious like group the kizna organization and they are given this uh like the Kisna system to like explicitly because they want to find a way to like link people together because they live in this like terrible atomized world. And nobody knows each other and we want to do instrumentality in a different way. But the, <laughs> yeah. but they're like, this organization is, you know, they're genuinely well-meaning people who are just like dumb and incompetent rather than evil. And they, these people become friends sort of despite this group's attempts to like force the issue and the it's the system that that that's implanted in them that like goes haywire like it's like because like the whole thing is like oh we want you know we, we're gonna bind people by their pain and as they come to know each other they'll be bound by you know they'll they'll start experiencing each other's love and start hearing each other's thoughts and then we'll you know all bloom into this wonderful 
like understanding, but it's, you know, it's too much and that, you know, drives people crazy. And then they, you know, they broke it off and the like cuter a zero two XB or maybe the other way around. She can't be an XP if she existed before the anime. Yeah. Other way around. Like, but like, <laughs> like the, you know, the, the, the girl who has a mysterious connection to the potato coon from the past who is like, oh, I'm, you know, she wants to like recapture a thing that they used to have. And, you know, she had like lived on her own in this weird facility and only knows this like other dumb group. And, you know, <laughs> and so she's like a hundred percent bought into their ideas. And, you know, the, the fact that the show ends with you know you could just be friends and you don't need to like have this big big grandiose like, social experiment to to achieve that was like kind of what i reacted to because there's a lot of you know because we live in a world of like you know like, social media and all of this like shit that's like kind of sort of there to like get us to be you know to bring us together like facebook it's like oh it's you know it's how you keep in touch with your family and your friends but it's also this like hell system that's mostly there just to like serve up advertisements and it like makes you crazy and that like i sort of like read the kisner system as being sort of like analogous to that and the fact that it like completely fucks them up and almost breaks them up and you know the fact that they actually had like you know they were like going through these like scenarios of like you know oh we're gonna like go camping and we're gonna like light fireworks and shit and mm-hmm. like like they were all like you know they just like you know they became friends because they were doing things together as opposed to like because they had this like stupid system installed I'm, in them and the I fact mean, that it fails is like I think I mean that's why that's why I find Coco Connect so much more interesting because like it's people who are already friends and about how actually like too much empathy. And too much intimacy, like actually, like destroys friendships because you mm-hmm. have to be able to have a hidden part. Well, I think, which is, I think, a much more subtle, yeah, understanding it's... of human humanity than Coco Connect, which is just like, just be friends, just bust a move. Also, uh, also, Jeff, I think, like, whilst you're right in that, there's it, that is interesting. I think it sort of undermines itself, like the way that you're saying how he's like, oh yeah, you don't, you don't need the Kisniva system. You don't need these things to be friends. Like. You don't need a big event, but then there is a big event. Like the last episodes, it's like this huge fucking like action scene out of what felt like nowhere, <laughs> like just for for no reason. And that's when I, that's the one one of the one time. Actually, I don't want to say the one time. It that's where I was <laughs> sort of like, I was sort of like, okay, this this show may be slight. I'm slightly done with this show, and I'm I'm not really engaged in what whatever fucking emotional plot points or beats they're trying to provide me because all of a sudden it feels like they have to have a big action scene because because anime like yeah yeah i hate saying that but like because there has to be a big finale as opposed to just them sort of whittling off which would have been a much more interesting yeah uh story unfortunately yeah like i also like after you know the system goes haywire and that was like the ninth episode and then yeah like it it, it doesn't it go set, like it seemed like the show does it well i mean like it, it works too well basically yeah. like it had it's never worked that well intended. before it makes it, crazy. <laughs> it did it too good like i don't but like what i was like they they get they're really really invested in like re- like you know resolving the lore reasons for why katsuhira and noriko are connected and they really want to like get around to working that out and redeeming her and that's why they spend three episodes doing that and like that was like like 
like I don't that's why I think like they probably didn't intend for the the Kisna system and group to be to read as like farcical because like I think they they expected you to want to also care and be deeply invested as they were in resolving that shit and like I think that was probably the weakest part of the series for sure. Yeah, I mean, so I wrote down a quote when like when they're beginning to melt down because at some point they put them in a a abandoned school full of mm-hmm. full of their weird like mascots in delinquent yeah. outfits to chase them around and it's to pour, force them to admit their crushes to each other which i didn't 100 get it was a sort of thing where like i glanced at my phone i looked up and then it's like we'll get them to admit their crushes by attacking them with with mascots yeah. and i was like oh, okay yeah, that was sure. them that was them sort of trying to push the kids neither system yeah. because the system was going so well if i remember correctly right and yeah but but like, then <clears throat> but then the lady researchers like somehow we ended up playing with people's emotions as if they were toys and the male researchers like not nah, as good let's keep doing this <laughs> and then she yeah. walks out and leaves and it's just like at that point i didn't buy the well-meaningness it so well, i've bagged i've bagged on monster in the past the uh the manga and anime about basically a doctor realizing they saved the life of a kid who was bred to be like the new hitler and there's a lot wrong with monster most notably the fact that it's like 70 odd episodes and moves glacially slowly and uh the the main character the japanese doctor working in germany is a saint and is unable to do wrong and that's boring to me but i did like they were very good at when he went to interview people who like worked on like the the like little Hitler project or whatever. I'm, it's more subtle than that. Like when they they're trying to like per, per, like to like make like a My morally perfect character, and of course they made a psychopath because that's that's how those things work. But when they interviewed them, they had a really good sense of best intentions, and I think that that was absent here because again, I don't think that this script has a very subtle conception of human psychology, mm. and therefore like just meaning well and not really knowing much is enough for them in this scenario. It's just like an entire um, back plot of the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's yeah. like not, not the most original thing. It's I, I don't know. It's like, I have a, had a lot of trouble with this show. It's like, I found the, the whole the art's like, bad. Yeah. I mean like, yeah. Disagree with it. <laughs> yeah, I thought that wasn't that bad. It was pretty average. I like Trigger in general, though. <laughs> yeah, I think Art's good, actually. Anime. Sorry, Duncan. Go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you that to that degree. Like, what what were your issues with it? Tell me. Uh, um, like the, oh, the, fir- the first thing was the um the whole contrived nature of it, which I think this was like a big difference between you and me on it. That I felt like, why why do we have to have this scientific experiment to this quasi? It's like they didn't go far enough, or with the science, uh, but they didn't. It's like it might as well have been magic. There was no real need for it to be to be science. Like if you're gonna give people a weird connection, well why do you need to cloak it in this quasi-science jargon? Like, you might as well make this a, a, a proper ma- a magical realism show and instead of having, like, w- we want to ground it, grind this, sh- grind? Ground this show. We want to pretend like it's a real world, like it's not, like it's this world rather than it's a a different world where 
different rules apply. You know, it's like no, no, no. This this world, this is this world, and uh, everything which happens here could happen in your world too. Yeah, I was to be fair, I was surprised that like it it does have a very sci-fi aesthetic, but it's very clearly like set like you know twenty minutes from tomorrow that sort of setting. I will say, Duncan, if you're curious about a more magical realism take on this, I have an anime for you called Kokoro Connect. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it does what? sound You've like never I mentioned should... this anime before, Ben. It does sound <laughs> like <laughs> that is something I should have looked at. But <laughs> but no, but I get I get what you're saying, Duncan. And for me, and this is entirely my read, and I'm granted like because because our consumption of genre, especially those of us who grew up pre like internet, internet was so atomized. Like it's normal for someone to think that sci-fi is about something different than than someone else thinking, but for me at least, like fantasy is is solidly about what if, and so if the kids' neighbor system was magic, there it it would be mysterious and confusing. But if it failed, there wouldn't be any people implicated. Well, I think that the idea that science is the cradle of human failure. Uh, is actually kind of important to his neighbor and that's one mm-hmm. point where i do agree with jeff where it's important that this is something we created and we fucked up and we ruined these people's lives and more and, than, and, and more than that the city they live in was actually built by the kizna group for the purpose of the society like the yeah. school they go to is like rotten with people from this organization like there's a little moment in uh one of the episodes where they're going camping and sonazaki is like i want to tell you a secret there's Kizna organization people all over society. And they're like, what? Who? And then it just like shows all the people in the dumb Gorman uh, <laughs> costumes. They're like, that isn't subtle at all. Like we, everybody knows those. Like that's half the reason why things are so fucking weird. Yeah. But then there's also that bit of the very end where they're like, who are these guys? And I'm just like, they're the fucking mascot kinds that you've been seeing for like 10 episodes. What do you oh, mean? No, but the these, 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 guys? these are dark mascots, Andy. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, right, they're in, they're, instead of being white with Shibari bondage and eggs yeah. on the head, which haven't had, these are black with shibari bondage and right. eggs on their head which have hatched you forgot the, yeah, the cross the, scar on their face too yeah, yeah. The it's the scar. player two it's the player two ken skin i've completely <laughs> forgotten <laughs> i also really like the fact that the guys in those costumes like they aren't like failed experiments or super soldiers they're just like they're part-timers they are the like the line chefs at mcdonald's they're like the gig, like, gig, the gig economy yeah and like the like the fact that their their henchmen are like mascots and like you know there's they present this like you know light fluffy face to this like weird fucked up system i think also like kind of works for me like the absurdity of it is like the absurdity of the, of our world like we have fucking brands on twitter like snapping pictures of their piss and sending it to their critics and stuff like that like that's just a thing that happens now why did you day. remind me that it existed jeff what why'd you remind me that that existed <laughs> why do you do this because now we have to put it in the show notes <laughs> but then but then but then you got stuff like paranoia agent which granted doesn't really land the like do the hit the landing very well but like it still has that similar thing of like a a cute mascot sort of slowly taking over mm. people's lives and being mm. a terrifying object of Sort yeah. of consumerism and well, greed, I, and well, it was, it's more. I will like, say that 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 the paranoia agent, that that like cute pink puppy dog, is more of a criticism of like parasocial relationships with media figures than like consumerism blanketly. Although you can probably swing it whatever way, especially if Jeff watches. <laughs> <laughs> but like I, the, the fact that the people who are to blame exist in the world and are fallible as opposed to being this like otherworldly force like a Kokoro connect like the like, the heart seed who has afflicted them with these 
circumstances. You know, it might as well be like the artist insert right. going, but, like, oh, this is like, you know, it's the hand of the author intervening. I think it's yeah. entertaining. But if okay, so what's like the, what is oh god, what's the, what yeah. is the message like? Like if in like something like Frankenstein, like it's it's like man overreaching and usurping God's place and trying to create life, and what it's man overreaching by trying to make people re. Friends? It was for me. It was more like the, the system that got us in the situation isn't going to get us out, especially since that system benefits from us not being well adjusted and happy together and want and be you know it wants us to be anxious and it wants us to be powerless and we can't like what's the word the uh technocrat yeah we can't technocratically like shift like like levers and knobs and then make everything fine again yeah because like the system is fundamentally flawed see i i have a less pinko reading of this but that's (laughs) like i mean i think i think the idea that you can't you can't engineer a happier person or a more complete person. Like they have to do that on their own. And the idea that there is no device or chemical in a lab that you can produce to make someone who's never happy and never, who's never unhappy and never scared and never hurt. And is yet a complete functioning human being, which Mm -hmm. I think is probably like a smaller component of what Jeff's actually arguing for. Um, I think that that thesis is argued pretty poorly once they make the Kizuna, the Kizuna project look like such an absolute shit show of, <laughs> of vanity and expedience and whatever. But I do think that there is this argument that like that like the way the way to make people to, to make people like closer and to make people kind of to each other is to like start conversations and to like support people and not to implant them with a nightmarish pain sharing <laughs> device that forces them to experience so, all of the other's negative emotions does like to be slightly trite about it does it come down to that we've all found like some of the bits of the theme interesting but overall the plot was a bit of a, a car crash welcome to mario kata at least the plot um was engaging throughout unlike maquia like I found Maquia a slog to watch. Well, yeah, Maquia was was almost exclusively sustained because of the power of the main performance and some of the relationships. But yeah, there's shit where it's just like, okay, speed it up. We get it. Like this, this <laughs> yeah. shit causes war. What was you guys' it's opinion of the 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 cast in this then overall? Like our I, little there were, gallery of seven. I I thought a, a lot of the vocal performances were incredible were incredibly strong and nuanced. Uh, Sato Rina, who was Maki, was very good, and mm-hmm. I think this is one of her top three performances I've heard her do. Um, but what's the other two? Uh, <laughs> come back to me in like I five thought, minutes. Um, Tengo was surprisingly good, like considering the archetype they he, the he's playing, like the the, the brash, uh, uh, not quite jock, but like brush delinquent you actually they managed to squeeze some subtlety out of that performance yeah, which it's, isn't always it's a pretty serious. flat character on paper but yeah yeah, and well, I, yeah I thought i think that's also what she was trying to go with was say like you've got some pretty common anime tropes that you can find have depth to but again, and like some I, of them I, I felt that nico for example had practically no depth to apart from she was the same she had one weakness and then everyone found it out and she was like well, now you know I'm not going to change at all. I don't know. I liked uh, I liked Nico because she actually had empathy versus every other character, <laughs> like actual like yeah. 
high functioning adult empathy where I mean, I think Jeff was the one who observed that, like, that after they've had the kiss, and they're like, "Oh, we can't be friends anymore." And she's like, "What are you talking about? We can be friends. Just we just need to hang out yeah, more." Yeah, I, I think that Andy's <laughs> Andy's criticism to me was almost like a strength. Like her, her just getting over with it. It was like, yeah, that's that's a good part of her character. Like she just goes, "Okay, th- fair enough." Well, because well, because her like her, her her actual big secret was that she her actual big secret was that she had no friends, and this was her first chance to have friends. And she like to her credit. She made a bunch of friends. Like she, mm-hmm. like she closed the deal. Like she's fucking, like, she fucking nailed it. Yeah, it's like, y'all. Yeah, no, like, we're not. We're not gonna like be weird and stop talking to each other. You're my friends now. You weird emotionless boy and you pain obsessed weirdo guy. Like we're friends now. I feel like the further they got from the sort of uh, the protagonist and uh, his and his uh, supposed love interest Sonazaki, yeah. the f- further degrees of separation the character had with, between them and those two, the more interesting they were. Because those two were dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, well, um, childhood Ch- friend is childhood friend, childhood friend is always dull. Fighting. Yeah. Chidori wasn't good either. Yeah. <laughs> one's she, when you she... have two childhood friends, Ben, and you just don't realize that one's a childhood friend. <laughs> what if what if there's a, a harem anime where the guy has two childhood friends and we don't know which one he met first, and that's like the plot at the end it was uh-huh, revealed uh-huh. which one he met that... first and therefore is actually in love with. That sounds like a great show. And can one be like really big and boobs and loves uh, video <laughs> games, and the other one uh, be like this real weird Simpson who? Uh... Oh no, I was hoping for like I was hoping for like big boob nerd girl, and then like super frosty like Ojo Sama girl. Yeah, yeah, that sounds sounds good. Uh, and God, then we should I, have this, some. This isn't a joke. This is just like a real thing. Pardon? This is just this isn't a joke. We're just doing a real thing. Also, Andy, <laughs> by the way. Um, She's Nagi from Time of Eve, and she's Misaka from Railgun and Index. Okay. So, okay. bam, that's what she's good with. <laughs> bam. Wow, that, that was a 10-minute comeback. <laughs> I was scrolling furiously through her page on my anime list, so... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so what you're saying is that we should watch. Uh, fuck, what's that goddamn anime we were just explaining? Coco Connect. No, um... <laughs> we should watch Coco Connect. Honestly, I don't know why I've never oh. pi- did. I ever pitch it? Have I ever pitched it? I don't think so. No, uh, I think you have once. No, I think I did pitched. once, but I think I got shot down so brutally that I Sh- never tried again. <laughs> I know, and you then, effectively pitched it because I ended up watching the whole thing after I watched Kisniver. So. Yeah, well, what did you think of that, Jeff? I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great show. Like, I, I think directorially, it is kind of boring. I think they've put constraints on them that are interesting and that they explore in good ways. I think the characterization is phenomenal. I think the, the depth of the characters is wonderful. I love the... Or, do you uh, want to explain the premise really quick before you keep uh, going? So there is five kids who are you know, for whatever reason, kind of like don't know really what they want to be doing in school. So they all come together and form this club and their club advisor turns into a weird alien or something. And he informs them that (laughs) they're going to be going through a series of weird experiments for the entertainment of this creature who calls himself Heartseed. And it's about them like dealing with the situations and how it affects them and how it affects each other and becoming friends and basically doing very successfully what Kisnaver sort of fails to do and yeah it's 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 quite good yeah I like it's it a lot it is it is <laughs> one of the few anime i've seen where like there's an anointed couple and then they break up and you kind of have to sit with the fact that like oh they seemed anointed in the script and they're not in they they actually shouldn't be together mm-hmm. because one character is like 
having an extremely complicated life crisis <laughs> by the end of by the end of the anime. Yeah. Um, but no, that like it's interesting you mentioned the direction because like this has a very good directing pedigree. The um the director is the director of Nan Nan Biori Biori and yes. uh, Tanaka Kun is always listless, right? Is that the name Tanaka-kun. of that? Yeah, Tanaka Kun's always listless. That's a great and, show. And and it is uh and the chief director uh did uh Natsuno Arashi, F Tale of Memories, and for Duncan, Watamote. So like it's got a it's it's got a great pedigree, so it's disappointing that you that you found it kind of bland. That would explain why I did like jump straight back in, got straight back into non non biori after I said after I watched this because no no Coco yeah. Connect not not this oh Coco Connect. Connect oh fuck that <laughs> yeah when no, I say the... when I say boring direction I mean like everything is kept very grounded and very realist and it's 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 a strength and they sort of use the the weird you know sci-fi magical realism things to like sort of overcome some of those issues because like like there's like there's no flashbacks there's no like i don't even think they jump backwards and forwards in time to show you things that were happening in parallel um you never really get like any characters perspectives that aren't like the main five you never have like like a god's eye view except for very occasionally during the uh like establishing shots to sort of like imply that there's some like otherworldly force watching them and it's no. just like it's it's a very subtle it's a very like contained show and like i have bad taste and just enjoy seeing dumb things happening on screen whilst also having i mean different strokes yeah, yeah like, like, that's that's entirely just my taste that's not like yeah. an actual I, knock against I, the show. I, I, mean, I will say like when you... people complain that like anime doesn't really have characters because they're all tropes i think coker connect is what you should show people because yeah everyone's a trope um but everyone also has a very complex inner life like i think you were you're really big on inaba too yeah (laughs) do you think that comes from the writer or comes from the director or or is there like a bit of both it's hard to say i go you go ahead jeff you've seen it earlier than me sooner than me like more recently so yeah i mean like a, a lot of the show like you know to to you know why i think like the realist sort of style of the show is like kind of a a strike against it is because of how much of the show is about people just kind of like talking to each other and working things out. And they do that in a very like realistic and satisfying way, but it also means that there's a lot of like people talking to each other in a room about their feelings. Yeah. And with like a Kizniver or with like a Monogatari, you get just like, you get some wacky shit happening Mm -hmm. on the screen while they also work out these issues. It's not stylist at all. So it's not really this sort of like, there's no visual metaphor. It's literally just characters, like mm-hmm. very, very scrupulously constructed characters talking about how they feel. Because like the things that happen is the first thing, it's like in four or five episode arcs of like they get body switched. And of course you have the whole like guy being like, oh, I got boobs now. But then like they're talking about like, what are you doing with my body? And like there's like people have serious talks about that. And then they like they if they feel something strongly, they can't they have to say it out loud. And I forget what the other ones are, but like they go uh, through. It's literally yeah. just like someone putting five very realistic characters in this pressure cooker of these different weird sci-fi situations and seeing like where the cracks appear in mm-hmm. a seemingly like fairly solid like friend group um, by just stressing them out by like finding people's weaknesses and finding like whose personality relies a lot on not sharing how they're really feeling and who who this and who that. 
And um, yeah, like one of the situations they get in is that, you know, between the hours of like 12 and 5 p.m., like a random selection of them, except for one character, will revert into a version of themselves from when they're a child. And that's how they kind of get over, like never doing any kind of like flashbacks or anything, because a lot of the characters hang ups are based on traumas and difficulties that they had growing up. And so the way yeah, they do that is there's they two like, sections. Like, oh, we're just going to like jump this person back to when they were 12 mm-hmm. and have them relive this like trauma what, you know, in front of these people as opposed to them just like describing it or actually doing a, a flashback to, yeah. to explore those things. And it's one it's one anime where like there is a sexual assault assault like in one of the characters backgrounds and it's handled you please tell me i'm wrong if i'm if i am wrong because i don't want to be on the record i mean it it, that was handled so like i you can kind of tell that kokoro connect was written by a guy because like one of the characters like there's there's three like there's three uh women uh one of them is like androphobic because she you know, she had she had grown up and she had been this tough girl and she was like this karate champ and then she like got cornered by one of the guys in her dojo and he almost assaulted her and then she you know, dropped everything and turned inward and then like during the body swapping uh the like the selfless uh like hero guy who you know he's secretly you know very selfish and blah 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 he like you know while he's in her body and she's in his body he like kicks his body in the balls to like ex- show her like oh if you, if a guy ever corners you, you like you could do this to him and that like i like of... that bit was that bad was that is that well, bad it wasn't in hindsight that was bad like they, they they paid that off because like so the it was an adaptation of a light novel which in turn was an adaptation of a short story and like when it sh- happens in the show it almost feels like oh they've just like resolved her trauma by him kicking himself in the balls mm. and but then like you know they come back to it and it takes you know a, the basically the rest of the series for her to like fully come around and understand and deal with this stuff whereas like when i saw it at the time i was like oh they just like magically solved her problem you know and, and oh and, and in the like the most like guy way possible of like oh look like you think you know pain feel this pain yeah and, but, but they also never had the guys have to deal with like any of the three uh female characters like being on their period or something like that I, like, I, bet, just, I like... bet that's a censor thing though honestly i wonder if it's yeah. different in the books um but yeah no i mean like i i so i downloaded this tari tari and dog days all at the same time and Tartari's terrible, Dog Days not good, and then this was like great, and so like I think that I was probably positioned perfectly to be like, oh wow, like I can be ambushed out of. I think this was the last anime where like I was like, this is probably like shit because I, I'm not proud to admit that I downloaded it because someone po- like I think it was Kami, the fan subbers, posted a gif of like, uh, what's his face feeling Yori's boobs when he's inside her body. And I'm like, that's some really good boob animation. I'll see what this anime is about. <laughs> I was, I was like, what in my mid twenties? I don't know. So, but then like being like awesome. completely blindsided about like, oh, this is actually like, like, I, well, I mean, I, I think I partially agree that like characterization is weak, and I think that unfortunately like, one of the weakest things about Kisnaver to loop it back around slightly the broad arc of history <laughs> that like that like Kisnaver ultimately is not interested in moving its characters past archetypes and tropes. And mm. I think that why I connect so strongly with Kiz with a no not with Kiz, with Coco Connect, while finding Kiz Neighbor like fun, but ultimately just not really clicking with it, is because I never 
bought the Kisnaver people as real people, except for Maki and Yuta sometimes. But like, mm-hmm. I can't even relate with a uh, Kitsuhara or whatever. So, mm-hmm. so like, just to uh, bring it back to Kis a bit more, like you two have talking about Kokoro uh, Connect has sort of like doubled that me down on my instinct on Kisanaiva, which is like it it has like the the signature trigger issue, which is that its signal to noise ratio is terrible. Like they can't stand sit still. Like they always have to be up to high jinks. They can't have a quiet moment where they actually communicate. They have to actually just be like, well, uh okay, let's have this little five minute high jinks thing or let's have someone pulling strange faces or doing daft things in the background and that can be cute and interesting the first time you see it but after that it just becomes oh this is just noise for noise sake you just have to have something happening constantly and like that just gets me about that show and it's like this show didn't even have the animation quality that a lot of trigger shows did. It had like fairly strong character design, but the actual animation was actually, I'm not sure if it's just the version I saw, but the actual animation was really jerky and sort of um, not smooth at all. And that was actually a bit of a shock. Cause I'm used to trigger stuff being like silky smooth. Really? Yeah. I always yeah, found I, them I, to be kind of choppy and weird. Yeah. And I've, I've found them having a punk aesthetic is what I've always read off of. Hmm. Like I, uh, the stuff I've I've seen of Trigger, they they, what's been impressive is that they've managed to hold it together despite being quite gonzo. And this felt like even just doing like fairly routine scenes, you have heads just sort of like moving a couple of degrees at a time, and just like didn't yeah, I feel. Felt, I felt it was. I don't know. I, I didn't think the animation was too bad. I thought it was. That's fair enough. Maybe it's just. I found the character design mostly much, 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 much more worse than the animation itself, which I thought was, I mean, there were, there were again, like some like weird, like turning to ragged pen lines when there was like action and stuff. I don't know. I, I like the animation. I found that the character designs were obnoxious and I thought they were from a video game when I first saw them. <laughs> so yeah. I think that the best animation in the whole show was the OP, which was just, well, yeah, <laughs> go well, ahead. Duncan. Yeah. Yeah, which which I loved. Which I th- think we universally loved of the the OP and its its wonderful little kaleidoscope. Um, and mm, like it's a good song, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a very good song. It's on Netflix. It's on Spotify. <laughs> I must do it like thirty I just, times. I wondered boom, if boom, it... sat- satellites. Was it one of the last songs? Because the one of the uh, one of the two people who did Boom Boom Satellites died recently. Yeah. Wow. I think they've, okay. it's just issued a. They've recently issued a, re- a retrospective of their stuff, so it might have well been one of the last things they did. And it's. I was just wondering, like the whole um, kaleidoscope thing. Do you think that was like a uh, like a metaphor thing, or do you think that was just we want it to look cool? Was it like these, these separate shards coalescing into one image, being like a a connection thing, or was it just like yeah, this looks cool? I think I think, I think you you both. made a great audition to be backup Jeff Cody. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and like I'm I know we're, we're finishing now, but I want to get my one biggest pet hate of the whole thing out the way which was the fact that they used battle music as an emotional cue like you you talked like uh like the moment they they fall down on the ground and they're, they're yeah. all crying in that and that's all accompanied by music which feel wouldn't have feel, felt out of place in a mech battle it's like yeah i felt that that was sort of like the emotion that the bat the real battle is the emotion 
if you wanted me to stop talking, that's 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 the, that's that that you've done it. I Good mean, you're not, right. Andy. Andy, to your credit, you're not wrong. But yeah, that's like the end of the conversation. I, feel uh, like. I also just wanted to mention Kiz Niver the name. Whilst the Iver the verb it is just a bit of fun. Kizu means scar, and Kizuna means connect or bond. Uh, so there's quite a nice little wordplay in the title. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's me done. Oh. I also kind of like the fact that they made a big deal about the whole, like, each of you represent one of the seven deadly sins in Japanese society. And then they just, like, immediately undermine that. It's like, actually, you're not just a brainless jock. And you're not just a head case. And you're not just a pretty boy. And And you're not just a faker, yeah. It was like like a reverse weeb nod or something, yeah. Like, half the cast got. (laughs) Yeah, but they stayed that way. Like yeah, that's what, yeah, they didn't like, change from their characters at all. Well, I mean, they learn and they learn that they're more than their like their face value, um, which is like, like Ma- once again, Maki and Yuta, maybe. Yeah, that was a cute bit when she was like, "I want you to be fat so people don't like clink like start being attracted to you." I thought that was cute, but it yeah. was. <laughs> There's a lot of really cute romance bits that I enjoyed. yeah. I, I mean, I didn't I liked, hate this anime. At all. I liked I, I liked it. Nico being like in love with Tenga. The, the brainless jock but like and like functionally giving him to childhood friend girl but also being like and then we'll fight and then we'll learn out where that we're twins and then we'll, it's like all this like weird like she has like a, some weird chuny <laughs> shit and yeah like it seems like she's closest friends with uh uh masochist guy who's yeah. Yeah. who turned out to be I'm a so- much better character than i thought he was going to be when he was introduced and like mm-hmm. a super pervert but then he's just Yoshi like but then he's like hanging out with a with Katsuhiro, emotionless boy, and he like is giving good advice, which is I think the easiest way to win me over to a character is like, oh, they're giving good advice. It's part of why I found <laughs> yeah. Game yeah, of Thrones increasingly Katsuhira, frustrating. The masochist boy and Nico were like the surviving members yeah. after the big like meltdown was like was interesting. Okay, yeah. to close it out, um, cute things that you liked. Uh, I liked. When um, they got they met the masochist and he was being really weird and then Nico stood up and like hey Nico's weird too don't do this to me <laughs> I thought that was really funny because like her thing is that she's weird because she thinks she's really normal so she wants to be weird so that she's special so like that uh, Jeff I, I know like, you, you like the cell phone thing I know <laughs> yeah there, there, there was like one little moment where some little dude at trigger decided to do some like sakuga and like she's like look i took a picture of that picture of uh that poster that showed you were fat and like shows on the phone like the like the the alignment on the phone like spins around and like he's like <laughs> and then like you know just like a reaction shot of her like looking back at it and you could just see like a tiny little bit of the screen and somebody bothered to like flip the picture back over yeah <laughs> I, I also speaking of phones i also like that the masochist phone was like had a cracked Cracked. screen yeah Yeah, it was good characterization (laughs) that was awesome cracked screens were so common in my daily life i don't know why there's not more of them in anime and tv because like Hmm. i'd say one in three people has a cracked screen in my daily life so that's quite a good bit it's quite a good bit in the uh the durara second opening where it has his phone at 93 percent battery and then it cuts to two seconds and it comes back and it's at 52 (laughs) 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 like yep this Uh... is the phone Yeah, that that's pretty good. Good, like one of the, I suppose the one nice, nice little little touch was like I quite liked their mission complete eat confetti. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like that. <laughs> uh, I like. I like. I, I, liked, like, of... I was going to just say, I was just say, like in the the final, like in, sometimes it's just like used as. 
it's like confetti coming out of a box. But in like some shots, they almost use it like um um uh, cherry blossom. Like they like in the end mm, shots, they had yeah. it, uh, like floating down past the right. camera. That... Right, like the beginning yeah. of Carol on Tuesday when it's just like tons of confetti streaming by and there's like soft music playing. <laughs> I was yeah. really expecting like the emotional arc to be comically ruined at the end. You know, when she's like he's like grabbing onto her. Oh, that'd like, be so good, bridge. Andy. Oh. <laughs> just the confetti bursting out. That we should just be friends. <laughs> Uh, okay i'm gonna close this out by saying Uh, that oh i was gonna do by i quite like the their little like the emotionless boy and the girl like their little reaction in the hospital i thought was quite cute Uh i thought that was quite sweet and then also i like that at the end of season three episode three when they had like they all finished their um emotional stories and their true their true selves uh they started playing the um Old Lang Syne, which is a very common song that they play when shops are about to close in Japan. Uh-huh. So I thought that was pretty cute. <laughs> anyway. Okay, uh, well, well, to close this out, I will say that apparently Mario Kata got her start writing scripts for direct-to-video pornography, and I would be very interested to watch one of those and see if there is... <laughs> if there's crying and talking about how they're not friends. Um, I mean, if it, maybe. depending on the pornography, there might be a lot of itais. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Let's get out of here. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to Keyframes. Remember, rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes. Find us on Twitter at KeyframesPod. Search for Facebook Keyframes Podcast. Email us questions at KeyframesPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, tell a friend, Andy. But not any friend. Maybe you should tell the friend that insists that you should watch a series about romance when he says that he hates romance. Yeah? <laughs> How can you call John out when he's not even here? <laughs> but he's or, is hear he? that. or is he? He's going to hear that in post and he's going to be like, fuck you, Andy! <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to make him experience our pain editing this. You tie. Say goodbye, everybody. Say you tie, everybody.